This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. It is still the show about your calls. But instead of Ian and Mark here, this is the Sunday edition. So in the first seat tonight, it is Sam. And Andrew. And Rick. And tonight is the night when uh, the normal hosts of the show take the night off and turn it over to the uh, co-hosts here. So we're a little green at this. You'll have to uh, forgive us if we stumble a little bit. But I think this is really a a great opportunity. I don't know if you guys have thought about it yet. But uh, this is really going to not only help, you know, kind of create a backup for Free Talk Live to uh, be able to have stronger co-hosts, but I think it's also going to create some stronger media personalities uh, in the Keene area specifically, which is going to help out with the uh, general activism and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is our first time on the show, both for Rick and I. And So the folks are, you know, some of the listeners may have heard me during the weeknights, and there's a bio on the uh, Free Talk Live homepage at freetalklive.com. But uh, tell each other, tell the listeners about you guys and uh, just give a brief introduction. Nick, you want to go first? Well, right. Everyone knows who uh, Sam is. And and as you heard, he called me Nick because that is my actual name. But I've run into a dilemma because everyone knows um, Free Minds TV Nick as the Nick of Free Talk Live. So uh, when I was introduced, I um, introduced myself as Rick, which is the first initial of my last name, followed by the rest of my first name. And uh, as far as who I am, I'm, uh, you know, as close to a keen native as you'll probably find. I've been here for 22, 23 years. And um, in my opinion, in my view, Free Talk Live came to me. I didn't come here to find them. They came to Keene, and I was already here. And um, that's lucky. I guess it's fate. Uh, you well, call it. you know, a lot of the uh, the locals say that, well, those free staters, they're coming in here, and they're they're making a mess of our town. They're, they're going topless. But there are a lot of locals like you who have been around, and... Uh, you know, I, I don't think they're starting to really realize that this is growing out beyond the people who are moving here. What do you what do you think about that? Well, I was just out of high school, um, basically, when I found the show, and I was really sort of, um, to use the cliche, politically homeless. I was really sick of the, the red, blue, you know, left, right paradigm, and I didn't know what I wanted politically. And I found this crazy um, show called Free Talk Live on the internet from a, a random Google search, and it really changed the way I got to look at things. And it's been, you know, four and a half years since then. Till now, um, and I've participated in a lot of activism, courtroom stuff, uh, video activism when I can. And uh, um, listeners that listen to Free Talk Live a lot probably heard about my run for city council this past November. Yep, and also a little bit of uh, card dealing. Well, um, I do have an interest in you know poker and, and blackjack and all sorts of casino stuff. So at the latest Free Keen Fest, um, I did run a blackjack table for about three and a half, four hours, just to, you know for fun because the police weren't going to go anywhere near that place. Yeah, well, and it is strictly by the rules when playing poker with you. I uh, those are important to you. Uh, rules are important uh, as long as they're voluntary. All right, and two eighty. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about you? Uh, I thought it was Andrew tonight. Well, what's which would you prefer? What, what I prefer persona? Andrew. Just you name me two eighty because there's too many Andrews in town. Well, and we have the same problem here with Nick, so I think we should sort of open it up to the callers and see what they want to nickname you. I'm usually the giver of names, but uh, tonight well, maybe if somebody wants to call in. That, the, would be, uh, that would be fine. People know me as Coconut on the forums in the chat, but that's sort of awkward to say in real life, I feel. It is a little bit. Yeah, so, or we could take uh, suggestions to the chat, too. We can. I'm not in the chat, though. Uh, but if you want to call in tonight, we have the not-so-toll-free number of 603 603- 435-1105. I'll give you that again. 603-435-1105. You can call in about anything just like on a normal uh, free talk live. But in the absence of your calls, we'll talk about what we want to talk about. And Nick, you had an interesting encounter with the census worker. 
Well, I would uh, I would think that every uh, encounter where you're going to not go along with them is going to end up being interesting in some way or another. Yep. So uh, tell us, uh, where where do you stand on this whole census issue? The guy came to your door, you recorded it. We'll We'll play that audio here in a minute. But, you know, some people believe, well, I'm going to I'm going to answer the constitutional question. I'm going to tell them one and that's it. Um, Well, the census is, uh, you know, a great example of how Americans just play along because they're told they have to. And uh, in my view, it's not my place to report to the census worker who lives in my house, whether or not I want to say my information. You know, that's up to me. But there's other people that live with me and it's not my place to subject them to that either. So. Um, the moral stance is to say, no, I'm not going to answer any of your questions about who lives here and how long they've lived here and when they started living here or anything like that. So how'd that go? Well, uh, most of the census workers are trained to, as I understand, to just leave um, if you're going to get a refusal. And this basically is what the guy did, but I'm not sure I handled it the best way possible. I sort of, you know, fumbled over my words and things like that. Okay, let's listen here. Hello? Hello. You are being recorded right now. Okay. My name's Gene. Hi, Gene. Hi. Can I help you with something? Yeah. I'm here to complete a census questionnaire for this address. It should take about 10 minutes. No, I'm not interested. Okay, so this is a refusal? No, I'm not interested in uh, providing you information. Okay. The government says that you need to say you want to refuse. That's fine. I love that right there. That is so telling the way he says... You, you mentioned it. They're just sort of going through the steps in their process. He says right out, the government says you need to The government refuse. says I have to. You have to refuse. So basically all he's doing is either trying to fill out the form or trying to get you to say that you refuse so he can put the little checkbox that says refusal. Right. And then they can go on to the next step. Well, clearly he was refusing. It's just the guy was trying to get him to say that he was personally refusing as opposed to not cooperating or anything else. I don't know why he was so adamant on the word refusing. And, yeah, you'll hear that if uh, as you continue on through the audio. Well, yeah, and real quick, uh, when the guy first showed up, I was playing video games, and um, there was a knock at the door. I didn't quite notice it because I was in the middle of the race and didn't want to jump out. But I went to the door, and he was about to walk away, and he saw me. And I looked, and I didn't know who it was at first, looking through the door. I didn't open it or anything. And um, he looked directly in my eyes, and I just smiled at him and walked away. And uh, he went around back and tried the back door, apparently, and I didn't even realize that. I just went back to my video game. He he tried to knock on the back door just to see if he doesn't know, obviously, how the the house is divided up. Well, is I guess why? he went to the front door and then went to the back door, and that back door is where I caught him. Okay. Right so after already... I didn't answer it for him. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see what else he had to say here. Okay, if you want to refuse, just say you're going to refuse. I don't like calling it a refusal, but I, I guess that's what it is because we don't provide information to the government. Okay, so it's a refusal. If that's what you want to call it. Well, what else is it? Okay, the Constitution says you're supposed to, you have to provide the information. Right. If you say... And the Constitution is good for the most part, but I can sign the Constitution. Okay. So you're going to refuse? That's fine. I'll just put down refusal. It's no problem. If that's what you have to do. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Thank you for your time. All right. So not not a, a terrible job, I don't think. What was what, your uh, criticism of that? I don't know. Um, I was just, you know, hesitant to call it a refusal because refusal is such a negative word. And yeah. I don't like to refuse people. I like to be really friendly and, you know, uh, accept people when I can help them, but I can't help the government. So it, technically it is a refusal, but I didn't like calling it that. So I didn't know what else to call it. That's where I got stuck. I'm like, you know, I, maybe I should have had a better script ready. Like, I don't I would prefer not to call it a refusal. I prefer to call it exercising my rights to privacy. Something like that. Something spin it in a positive direction. Yeah. When the census worker came to my door, we started with that uh, same down that same kind of path. 
And I, I'm with you. I don't like talking about going to protests or, or refusing or, you know, demanding things. I really try and phrase it a little differently. So the question that I ask, and it's always with a question, you're, you're, you're not really stating a position. You're just asking the other person to explain theirs. And the question that I had for the census worker is, well, how did the obligation get created for me to follow the Constitution? How did the obligation get created for me to become part of the federal government? He said, well, when you were born here, you automatically become part of the federal government. It, you know, it doesn't matter. So, Well, clearly I didn't have a script ready. So, you know, it is what it is, <laughs> and we got the recording of it, and that's what it is. So, I mean, do you feel better having uh, gone through this, and do you feel like next time you'll be able to uh, interact with them a little better and think on your toes? Or Sure. Every time, you know, the first time you talk to a cop is going to be, you know, not as good as the second or the third time you talk to a cop and have to deal with them on your own and things like that. Um, so, yeah, practice in activism and any sort of activism um, is going to increase your, you know, your knowledge and your, your opportunities. Okay. You know. Yep, I think so. Uh, we've got a phone call here. Let's go unscreen to the phones. Caller, you're online. Who's this? Gentlemen, it's Kurt from Michigan. How are you tonight? Hey, doing great, Kurt. What's on your mind tonight? Congratulations on the Sunday show again. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, yeah, uh, and I just want to mention before you get started, I'm sure. not actually supposed to be here. I'm filling in for Luther, who's uh, oh, yeah. making his way back. So uh, he will be, at some point, replacing me. Yes, but and, he is uh, phoneless and kind of missing in action, too, though. Yeah, so, Kurt, we're, we will uh, put you on hold, and we'll have to hear about what you wanted to talk about when we come back sure. from the break. If uh, you want to call in and get your thoughts in, 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. It is the show about your calls. If you make them, the not-so-toll-free number is 603-435-1105, 603-435-1105. And tonight, it is Sam here with you. And Andrew. And Rick. And Rick. And uh, we are going to uh, go back to Kurt in Michigan. Kurt, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. So what's on your mind tonight? Looking forward to seeing you guys at Porkfest. I'm just getting everything ready to uh, to bring out. It's going yeah. to be a great time. The uh, the social Sundays out here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, have certainly picked up. There are a lot of people talking about it. I think this is going to be a a uh, pretty sizable event. I've I've seen the numbers look pretty good. I know there are a lot right. of folks uh, going there. There's Agorist Alley. There's uh, oh, oh big uh, what's the big the the dance party what's it called oh, the big, big gay, gay buzz's dance party there you go yeah. thank you and there's a lot of online talk every day about porkfest now so it's really ramping up as far as the talk goes too certainly is i'm i'm looking forward to it as well yeah unfortunately i was looking at, was looking at the rideshare map and i saw there's a couple of people who are coming out who are planning not to go home they're coming out with vans and they're going to stay nice uh, that happens yeah. every year people uh, people does. love it up here they come up see the uh, the environment the activists that are around it, it it's they're not anywhere else there's there's just, it's just hard to uh, really describe what the experience is like yeah that's basically what i did uh for last year's liberty forum 2009 i kind of came up here for that and i was back up here within a month for good nice all right so kurt what what did you want to uh, discuss tonight well um kind of halfway destroying my liberty creds i work for a federal agency i work for the postal service and we get a paper in there called the federal times and they have a poll every week 
Um, and and the, I pulled one of the polls out because I thought it, it was very telling. Uh, and, and what the question was was in regards to trust in government. And the question was, what do you think would accomplish the most in restoring the public's trust and favorability towards federal agencies? And uh, 493 well, I could, readers. I could think of a few. Uh, how about yeah. stop the criminal behavior, stop uh, the Federal Reserve? Close up shop. <laughs> Close up shop. Yeah, that's the best solution. That's what we'd all like, but it's going to be, uh, they're not really going to want to do that. So what no, uh, no. What did the post office well, present as the possible changes? Well, this, this, this is for all federal agencies. This is not just the post office. This okay. Is, uh, but anyway, 493 people uh, uh, responded to this poll, and at 27%, the very first, uh, the most, uh, uh, the answer that came up the most often was less waste, fraud, and abuse. But I would put in parentheses, except in my department, because there is none in, in my department. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the city councilors here said the same thing when I brought that up. They were trying to pass some uh, ridiculous restrictions onto landlords here. And I yep. turned to them and said, look, when are you guys going to uh, create the example? How how many of your projects come in on budget, on time, you know, as expected with everything that you promised. And, you know, when you've got it perfect, when you've got it all figured out, then you come and bring your regulations to us and tell us do how we can do things. Do as yeah. I say, not as I do. Exactly. <laughs> but that was 27% of respondents, so that was more than one in four. Now, now 20, 22% was, was uh, the second and the third answer. Uh, they, they decided to put the second answer as being better public ed- education on what the government does. <laughs> I don't know that they would really want that. If they really want to be educated on what they do... Well, no, you know, that is the problem. The people just don't know how great the government is, and we need to spend taxpayer dollars so the government can tell people how, how wonderful they are. Isn't that the he answer, Kurt? His, he said with his tongue firmly planted in his cheek. <laughs> yeah, we need more misinformation. <laughs> well, then again, the, the, then the third one, again with 22%, is smaller government and budgets. But again, not in my department. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many of the bureaucrats, how many of the politicians are out there talking about smaller government? I can think of maybe a, a very small handful, while the meanwhile they're they're trying to justify just a small increase because, well, you know, we're we're in hard times, Kurt. This is a exactly. this is a recession that we're coming out of, and so we're we're only going to increase our services nine percent. We know that you know ten to twenty percent of you guys are out of work and don't have jobs, but we're going to need to just grow our bureaucracy by this small amount this year. Is that, that's okay, right? Yeah, and well, the, the next one at, at 14% is better performance and effectiveness of federal programs. Again, see number three and number one, because my department is very effective. So now, did they go into uh, solutions on this quiz? I, I'm, oh, I would be oh, curious no, to no, see no. What... It's, 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 it's just a little sidebar, you know, oh. uh, uh, a quarter of the, of the side of the page, you know. But what, what, what really is telling is, is the last two answers, coming in with, with 9% and 6% respectively. At 9% was more accountability for federal managers than employees. And nobody really wants to see that, right? Right, right. And, and then, and then the, the last one, dead last at 6%, better customer service. <laughs> <laughs> so I found that very telling when I read that. I, I kind of laughed out loud, and, and my coworkers you know, knowing kind of knowing my proclivities towards towards liberty, um, they, they asked me what what I thought was so funny. And so, uh, as as usual, if somebody asks me, I'm going to tell them the truth. So I I, I 
pretty much explained it the same way I explained it to you. And I'm, I'm sure and, they shared your views, right, working at the post um, office? Well, you know, uh, there, there are some that think I'm, I'm just flat-out nuts, you know, and, and I, I expect that. But there are actually some people who have, uh, who I've, I've actually reached. I, there was one carrier there that I turned on to, to uh, uh, The Ethics of Liberty by Murray Rothbard, and he's just floored by it, and he is, uh, he's, he's moved much more towards uh, a liberty stance. Nice. Yeah, you never know, you know, how the message is going to impact people. Uh, folks are at different places in their life and are open to uh, different ideas. And just because it's a bureaucrat, that's why I think it's important to reach out to these people and talk to them and, you know, have humane conversations where you're actually trying to reason with them and, and share your ideas is uh, is something that's very important. And, you know, just going back to that quiz, I think the one thing that fixes all of it that would address all of the problems that those people brought up is competition. I mean, if we throw competition in there, it solves the inefficiencies. It solves the um, corruption because people aren't going to do business with them. They're going to go somewhere else if they have the choice. And it's the fact that government eliminates those choices that allows all of this to happen in the first place. Right. But no person with power is going to, you know, voluntarily give up that power. Um, in the form of allowing competition. Right, which is, I think, where it comes in, where civil disobedience really comes into play. People who are willing to stand up and say no, people who are willing to take the risks to start, start alternative uh, alternatives to the government-mandated services and government-provided monopolies. And this and, is uh, why every, every, every three months when I send in a money order to, to Free Talk Live, I send in an equal one to the Civil civil Disobedience Fund. All right. I think awesome. that that is something we really need to get behind. I think so, too. And, Kurt, I thank you for the call. Thanks, thank Kurt. Thank you, Sam. And I think some of the most powerful people are the uh, the former bureaucrats like Brad Jardis, who uh, kind of speak out against what they used to do, yeah. and the, you know, the self-loathing bureaucrat it, who kind of got the message and realizes now. Like Brad, I think, provides some really fantastic insight into the uh, the police department and the the things that he faced when he was uh, still an active law enforcement officer when i went out to the hearing where they were trying to uh, fire him we had the guy in the back standing in the shirt with a dead rat and a blue line through it you know referencing the, oh, the yeah, thin blue line that. and it was just so petty some of the things that the, the mentality that i think is pervasive in the uh, in the police force uh, this is Free Talk Live. We'll be back. You can call in and bring up anything you want. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. It is the show about your calls. If you make them. The number tonight is 603-435-1105. You can call in about anything that's on your mind. Tonight, it is Sam here with you. And Andrew. And Rick. And it, tonight, well, let's get into, uh, there's a story here about a mugging that's gone wrong. And I know, Andrew, you've got a, uh, a little interesting thing about the automotive regulations, some of the stuff that came out of the uh, Toyota accelerating the, yeah, the car debacle. Yeah. But uh, let's go to uh, Australia here. Three thugs in Australia heard, uh, thought that they'd, they'd pick an easy target, a young medical student. That is until the group of ninjas came to the rescue. 
According to the New South Wales State Police, they attacked a 27-year-old German man on Tuesday night, nearby a student from the Ninja Sensei Rai Doja Rai School, uh, still decked out in his ninja gear, was teaching a class and spotted the assault. He quickly ran back inside the school to get help. He's called out to me, Sensei, someone's getting mugged in the road outside. Ninja Sensei so-and-so said... Uh, I think it was Sensei Chuck Norris. Sensei Chuck Norris? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The story sounds like it. <laughs> it does sound like a Chuck Norris story. Um, we started running at them, yelling and everything. He said, the, guns, the guys have turned around and see the ninjas in black uniforms running towards them. They just bolted. You should have seen their faces. Soto added, uh, "They've never, they've never seen guys running that fast. Can you imagine going out into a, a simple mugging? You, I think they picked this guy up off the uh, subway train, targeted him, waited, waited for him to get into a, sort of a dark alley, a compromising situation, and then jumped him. Right. I hope they were uh, carrying samurai swords while running at him. What? You don't have a pack <laughs> of ninjas following you at all times, Sam? <laughs> Maybe that's the answer to a police in a voluntary society. We just put ninja schools everywhere throughout the community." Well, that would be one of the protection agencies, the Ninja um, Protection Agency. You never know where they are. They could be, you know, mm. around any corner. How would you contract with them if you know their name? Don't they have to kill you? I, I don't know about that. I guess they could go under a pseudonym. See, what if these were incompetent ninjas like the foot from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> you know, there's tons of them, and they were easy just to fight off. Well, then they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't last very long in the market with competition. But I do like having... Rather than just having the police show up and the, with the badge and the gun and the whole thing, wouldn't it be cool if you had ninjas that show up to respond to your domestic dispute? Well, of course, who wouldn't who wouldn't want that? Yeah, you guys are behind the times. I got my pack outside right now. <laughs> All right, uh, Andrew, you had a story about uh, the automotive industry, and you know, if you guys want to call in and change the subject, the number is six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Yeah, but uh, let's go into that story. I'm sure everyone's heard about the uh, the big Toyota debacle from uh, late fall, winter time, with all the uh, recalls from the so-called sticky throttle. Yep, which and was it, probably just more of stupid people. There was the one guy who uh, was racing down. The police were trying to pull him over. He was saying that I can't get the car to stop. I can't get the car to stop. And then the police came back and said that he was faking it. Did that ever? Uh, do you guys know how that turned out? Oh, I, I don't know if they ever made a determination, but they sent the car off to Toyota, and Toyota says we can't replicate this problem, and this guy has a history of making false claims and uh, all sorts okay. of things. Um, so this was just so another... he was likely about to get a speeding ticket and thought, aha. Oh, well, I think he was going for a lawsuit more accurately. He yeah, wanted some money out of it. I've also heard stories uh, about uh, Toyota owners driving their Toyotas into the dealerships, like crashing through the window, saying it was a sticky throttle, and they wanted a new one or their <laughs> money back. So um, I wonder how much of this is just kind of fraudulent claims against Toyota. Hmm. But, um, yeah, because of this, the uh, the government decided to uh, take this as an opportunity to force down some more regulations on the already uh, strangled automotive industry. Uh, this from MotorTrend.com. Uh, Joan Claybrook, the National Transportation Highway Safety Administration chief under Jimmy Carter, who won't be satisfied with automotive safety until wheels and tires are outlawed, has been popping up on television and radio again. If you're happy to see the annoyingly overprotective Claybrook back in the spotlight, uh, I can go on reading this. But essentially what it's saying is there's a few bigwigs uh, that have been regulating the automotive industry for decades that are really taking a, uh, a stand on this whole Toyota thing. And they're mandating what are black boxes in cars, similar to what you have in airplanes. Mm-hmm. And 
Now these are these are in just about every vehicle. You cannot the newer ones. I understand you you simply can't remove them from the car. There, it would be like ripping the guts out. So the government is there and will have the ability anytime they want to go into your car. Uh, you know they would have to open the hood and so forth to do this. So it would be like after an accident, and they can pick up things like your speed, whether or not your brakes were engaged. Uh, were there, I don't know what else, what right. kind of metrics well, they capture, but they're keeping that all the time. The initial idea behind the black boxes were from the automakers, not the government. Mm-hmm. They were to record what happens after a crash when the airbag is deployed and the following events thereafter mm-hmm. to basically have real-time recordings of all kinds of different crash situations they can't replicate in the uh, the crash testing arena or what have you. But they uh the government saw this as an opportunity to really kind of control cars and now any car with a black box is mandated to record a whole number of different things much farther beyond just the initial crash uh things like when your tires slip traction control issues stability control abs and it records so as all of this. the as the cars are getting more complex where they do know you know what direction and how fast all the wheels are spinning and all of the electronics that are going into cars to make them more advanced, to make them more safe. They're also opening a Pandora's box to let the government in to, to find out all of this information about you so that they can, you know, protect and serve you by using it against you. Right. And uh, the thing oh, is... and you get to pay for it all, right? Because yeah. this just gets added into the cost of every car, and that's why... You know, oh, there, there's so many things on a car that aren't really necessary that just jack the price up. I mean, you can get a car in India... You know, four doors, four seats, transportation from point A to point B for a couple thousand dollars. That same car in the United States would be four times the price. Is this but, the uh, the air-powered car? I had heard something no, about no, that years ago. No, no, it's an India. It's a car from India from Tata Motors, which recently yes. just bought up Jaguar and I think Land Rover. Which, you know, it amazes me that, that, they, that they do this because... I would assume that the reason that they're saying, well, we can't have these cheaper cars over here because they haven't gone through our five-star crash safety rating tests. And uh, I think about, well, hold on a minute. You're saying that I can't buy a $2,000 car that will get me around town from point A to point B, uh, you know, very cost-effectively and, uh, you know, may not be the safest car in the world, but you're saying that I can't take that risk. But if I want to buy a moped... And and drive that around in some cases with no helmet that that's okay, right? And, and their whole thing is it's the public safety, you know. The, well, the cars. then why don't we outlaw motorcycles? But as far as these computerized parts, uh, was the market going in this direction anyway to for the American consumer, or is the government jumped in and pushed it? Uh, it was going this way. There was a number I saw. I'm not positive. I think it was something like 63 percent of all vehicles made today have these black boxes. But the government's kind of stepping in front of it and saying, well, anyone who has these has to do this now with them. And eventually it, it looks like it's going towards this. It's going to be mandatory for all vehicles to have them. Okay, so the problem isn't the technology, of course. It's the government seizing the technology and forcing right. it to, you know, do certain things for it. Right, and they've been doing that in the automotive industry for, for decades, just well, forever. And I think uh, to, to some extent the government has had an influence in the complications that or the advancements and the technology that goes into the cars because they keep passing these uh, MPG, mile per gallon, uh, requirements that the auto manufacturers have to meet. Oh, yeah. And if they don't, you know, they're in, they get hit with fines or whatever. So in the rush to try and do those, they've made them lighter, which has made the cars less safe. They've, Actually, the uh, cars have gotten heavier, substantially heavier. Have they really? Oh, yes. So much so. 
I mean, if you look at the uh, the EPA ratings for cars from the, the 80s, uh, things like my car outside right now, the 89 Toyota I have, mm-hmm. I've gotten over 40 miles per gallon in that. It's a sports car. And, wow. it, you know, I've gotten 40 miles per gallon, which is better than almost every car produced today, besides the, the exception of hybrids like the Prius and the Insight and what have you. But that car, if produced today, would be illegal because, A, it doesn't have any of the, it doesn't have any airbags at all. It doesn't have side curtain airbags or even the airbag in the steering wheel. Okay. And that's one of the big reasons it's illegal. If you were to produce that car today, it would weigh probably 3,000 pounds, which would reduce the gas mileage to below 30. Wow. I mean, I'm only guessing, but. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we'll come back to this story. Uh, you've got some more, right, Andrew? Yeah. Okay, and uh, you can call in 603-435-1105. Share your, your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. It is the show about your calls, if you make them, to the not-so-toll-free number tonight at 603-435-1105. The uh, amp lines are also working. The amp program is a way that you can get behind Free Talk Live. It's used to advertise, market, and promote the show. They ask for uh, 3 bucks a month, and it goes to marketing, uh, promoting the show, doing an ad in uh, Talkers Magazine, sends uh, Ian and Mark to different conferences that are important to get the the show on the radar of program directors and get this message into the ears of more people. So you can uh, find out more about that by going to amp.freetalklive.com. Tonight it is Sam here with you. And Andrew. And Rick. And uh, Rick, which is not... Is your is your substitute name for Nick? And Rickless. We're, we're still waiting for a caller to give Nick a lasting nickname that he can use other than Rick. If you like Rick, maybe you know that'll work. But if somebody wants to call in and suggest one, six zero three four three five eleven zero five, and you're going to tell us about some killer smack coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh, we need to finish up with uh, Andrew your story about the automotive industry. Yeah, a few more points. Um, One of the issues brought up in the article here is the issue of hackers hacking into these black boxes in cars. Right. So just to recap, we're talking about the automotive uh, industry regulations where the government is using these these problems that they're having with some of the new electronics and some of the failures and so forth to step in and, and take charge and create a... EPA for the automotive industry or, or something. Well, there's like already that. one of those, yeah. but okay. even more so as far as safety goes. I mean, they want to control every aspect of how your car handles and drives, and they want to basically implement brake overrides that just they can apply the brakes for you while you're driving if you're evading the police. Now, or who's they? They, I would assume, being the police. I mean, they have the ability now to do that on vehicles equipped with OnStar on gov- from government motors because every GM vehicle has OnStar. And the police now have the ability to call OnStar and have your vehicle shut down, unbeknownst to you. And, you know, that's bad enough, but you can choose to buy a GM vehicle and choose to have that service, which I never will, and I don't suggest anybody do that. Yeah, but I mean, GM has really become government motors. Right, and that. it's going the direction of GM. I mean, the entire automotive industry. How long is it going to be until every car company is mandated to have these, and every police department has these buttons to shut down vehicles? There's a lobby made up of... A few auto manufacturers, the leading ones being GM, Chrysler, also bailed out, 
and uh, Toyota, which I think might just be hopping on this because they're trying to save face from what happened over the winter. Mm-hmm. And Toy and uh, Ford's not on there, and I believe they're one of the ones who refused. The right. There's a, there's an alternate lobby lobbying against it, made up of Ford, Nissan, and a few other companies. Unfortunately, BMW is for the regulations, which is one of my favorite companies, which doesn't seem right, but it's one of the handful of companies that are with with GM on this one. Well, now my car's. What if my car's stolen? Why wouldn't I want this uh, type of box in my car? What's the what's the major downside to having it? The major downside to having it is just basically nanny state telling you how to drive, telling so, you that. Do you think they're going to ticket people for going over the speed limit based on this uh, GPS device they're going to start putting in people's black boxes? If you were part of this organization that that controlled this this bureaucracy, wouldn't you want to ticket people for this? Well, I think Sam makes a good point that you know if if everyone, well, Rick, I'm I'm going to need a a key to your house. To you my house? Just, yeah, just go ahead and hand that over to me. Well, I'm, no. I'm going to use it to keep you safe. It, I could be driving by, and I could see someone in your house, and then I would need to go into your house to keep you safe from that person hurting you. Right, or your oven could catch fire. You could leave the iron on. You don't have anything to hide, Well, I you? can always run home and get and get to my house. If my car's stolen, I can't, you know, go run and catch it. Well, they've had things to deal with that for a long time. Lojack, that's been around for how many decades? And that is basically OnStar. That was around in the 90s. I remember when that first came out. I think it was before that. Perhaps, Maybe. yeah. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that is the equivalent of this this uh, program by the manufacturers. And it's, it's no uh, surprise that the government has chosen the manufacturers to get in bed with so that they can have this sort of pervasive system that go- cuts across all of the cars in the GM line rather than just the owners who care enough to spend the uh, 10 20 bucks a month or whatever for the low jack or the other systems out there to right. monitor their vehicle well as, as you guys know i would be against any regulation of it i'm just trying to look at it from a perspective of someone who would be for these boxes and look at the you know the good side of them oh yeah absolutely. right yeah no there, I, there are uh, wonderful things that these boxes could be used for same with the tracking but i don't want that being placed in the government's hands and and trusting them with my location and we'll be forced we'll be forced to pay for whether we want it or not that yeah that's the other problem because it's in every car if it was an option then i could just say uh no i don't really need that and don't want to pay the extra thousand dollars or however much it costs to put this stuff in what else is currently currently it is an option and along with this uh they're trying to push through mandatory braking distance regulations that all cars have to be able to stop from 60 miles an hour and 150 feet or less which yeah, that's great that if all cars can do that, but what if I don't want a car that's able to do that? How many people need to stop in that distance every day? Now, cars 20 years ago couldn't do anything like that overall. You know, cars were much less safe according to today's standards, but from a public standpoint, you know, is my 2,000-pound car more dangerous than a 4,000-pound SUV with 15 airbags in it? According to the government, yes, my car is much more dangerous, but how much hmm. more damage can my car do compared to that SUV? Yeah, you know, at some point, I think people have to look at this and realize when does it become about keeping you safe, about making cars safer, and when does it come about, from, or when does the motivation turn into just sort of creating this good boys, club, good old boys network that only the established car manufacturers or people with millions of dollars to invest in lawyers and understand all of these regulations to actually put together a new car. Because it's such a huge undertaking these days, and I don't think it really has to be. That's kind of what uh, you, I think you might agree with. Right, but- and it's not like there's no demand for safety in cars either. I mean, everyone wants a safe vehicle to drive. 
you know, whether it's a sports car, an SUV, a minivan, whether you have kids or not. Mm-hmm. And there's companies that a- appeal to that, like Kia. Uh, their minivan is supposed to be one of the best crash test rated minivans. Uh, or Volvo. Volvo for yeah. 40 years now has been marketing themselves solely on safety. Now they're going towards performance a little bit and style and stuff like that. But th- their main thing is safety. Absolutely. So the demand is there and the supply is there following the demand. It's just government, once again, is getting in the way, applying their rules, running out in front of the parade to, to say, hey, we are going to save you. We're going to keep you safe from these runaway cars. You need us, people. Well, you can't regulate common sense and you can't really regulate safety either. Everyone has to take it into their own hands. And, you know, regulations always make things worse almost. Yeah, they always create some kind of unintended consequence. The, when I was mentioning the cars were getting lighter, it was my understanding that that's how they were uh, they were getting the better uh, miles per gallon in some of the cheaper cars, like maybe the Chevy Cavalier or other ones you know, right. in that price range and is that, they make those lighter. That's the best way to make a car more green or more economical, more fuel mm-hmm. efficient, is to make them lighter. But cars have gotten substantially heavier. I mean, if you look in the average car from 1985, most likely it's right around the 3,000-pound mark or less even. Now you're up above 3,500 pounds, and there's no need for a little tiny econobox sedan to be a 3,000-pound vehicle. I mean, you had vehicles like the Ford Fiesta, the the Chevy Metro, the Suzuki Swift, all these vehicles that were great on gas. Um, you take an example like the 1986 Honda CRX. It is a little sporty coupe, okay, a little fun car to throw around turns and have a blast in, and it got 50 miles per gallon. I mean, it did. How many cars today get 50 miles per gallon? And are any of those cars fun to drive? Absolutely not. What hybrid is fun to drive? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure the uh, Tesla. That's not a hybrid. That's an electric car that costs you, I think, somewhere like around $100,000 or more. Oh, okay. Yeah. And once again, that is a fat pig of a car compared to the car (laughs) it's based on. I've heard those have, uh, have been in a lot of accidents because they're so low to the ground that people don't see them and run into them. What, the Teslas? Yeah. There was an article I read a while back. Well, it's based on the Lotus Elise, which is an absolutely raw little sports car that yep. weighs less than 2,000 pounds. It's one of the lightest cars produced today, legal for the, for the states. And it took, Lotus is a British company, it took them, I think, over a decade to make it legal to come to the United States. Wow. I mean, that car's been around since 1992, I believe, and it didn't come here until the early aughts. How do these other countries manage yeah. to, to live without all of these regulations and and hoops to jump through. And what's happening, the American driver is becoming so desensitized from the act of driving because the cars do everything for you that mm-hmm. they're so dangerous behind a wheel if they actually have to control anything. I mean, every car now is equipped with, with ABS and trash mm-hmm. control, stability control, yaw control. You they, know. they even have an automatic stopping sy- system. I saw yeah. a Volvo testing that. Of course, it failed, and the <laughs> car crashed into the back of a semi in front of all the press. It was, it the, was great. The technology will get there eventually, but... You know, I don't want a car that drives me. I want to drive a car. But uh, there's people I'd be out there. okay if I had a car that just drove me around. Right. But then when you get into traffic situations or extreme situations, you're so desensitized, you're not prepared for the unexpected. All right. Car talk will continue when we get back. <laughs> Actually, we will uh, come back and talk about Killer Smack when we return. Uh, of course, you can call in and take control, uh, bring up anything. The number is 603-435-1105. This is the Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the Sunday edition. 
You can call in and bring up anything. It is the show about your calls if you make them to 603-435-1105. Long distance charges do apply or may apply, depending on your case. And tonight, it is Sam here with you. And Andrew. And Rick. And Rick, you've got a story to tell us about uh, some killer smack. And we're also going to uh, get into a crime stopper who is apparently about to be deported for uh, reporting a crime to the police. But uh, let's hear about Killer Smack. This came out in the news uh, this week, and it's a it's a pretty sad story, but it's, you know, it also has a, um, you know, has a uh, point of view on it that the news doesn't take. Um, but I think you'll come across it pretty quickly. So you're going to laugh at, at Smack killing people? I'm going to try not to laugh. Okay. Um, well, but Mexican drug smugglers are increasingly <laughs> peddling a form of ultra-potent heroin that sells for as little as $10 a bag. Is that is that a good deal? Um, I don't know. All right. Someone call in. Is $10 a bag for heroin good deal? <laughs> but anyway, uh, and it's so pure it can kill unsuspecting users instantly, sometimes before they even remove the syringe from their veins. Nice. Um, and uh, they have a picture here of, you know, the woman holding her uh, her daughter's ashes saying that the heroin was 90% pure. And you read through the story and it says things, uh, quotes from cops that say, well, the stuff we test on the streets is from 50% to 80% pure. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking, of course, you never go into Walmart and pick up a bottle of Tylenol and say, well, I wonder uh, how pure this Tylenol <laughs> is and how much I should take. Right. Yeah. Nobody is going blind from a bad batch of gin made in the bathtub. Like the, you know, what happened in the uh, prohibition of alcohol. And it's the same thing with drugs because these drugs are being taken out of the uh, business owners who are, who are out there trying to put a product out that's, that people are going to use and enjoy and want to buy more of, not something that's going to kill them because that's going to give them a bad name and uh, probably put them out of business pretty quickly. So here we go again with the police probably thinking that hey we're doing a we're we're keeping people safe right I mean we are we're fighting this drug war if we don't fight this look at the lives it's going to destroy here it is killing people but in fact it's their very war on drugs that creates problems like this right. so what does the story get into the first take is the drugs are bad um you know get rid of the drugs but like you said um, you know, if we put this under controlled condition, we can report on it and all sorts of things. And, you know, that goes for almost anything you uh, prohibit uh, becomes dangerous. You know, if it's, a, you know, uh, black market light bulbs, they could be dangerous. Right. Because what happens is at first they, they take the, you know, the least possible, uh, the, the most, the nicest way, I guess. I don't know what the word I'm really looking for here to enforce this. So they'll, they'll just make it, oh, we'll just start out with a, with a fine. And it'll be a $100 fine if you get caught with that. And then, you know, that's not enough. So then they have to ramp it up. And then it becomes a misdemeanor at some point. And now it's one year in jail. And then, well, now the problems are getting bad because now some people are getting ripped off because, well, every step that they take, every time that they add some more, <coughs> excuse me, some more severe penalty, it brings in the people who are willing to take that risk. And because they're taking a greater risk, they're more likely to defend themselves, whether it's the police, whether it's, uh, um, you know, a private individual. They're more likely to go in and, and rip somebody off or rob them or beat them up because as the price goes up, it just gets more and more expensive and you've got bigger, larger amounts of money involved. This is where the gangs come from. And, it you know, it just continues snowballing. But do you guys don't you guys think that heroin is bad and do you want to keep feeding these evil drug dealers? Well, I want to see a world where... Drug dealers are treated like sick people. 
I mean, when the war on drugs started, it was 3% that were addicted to hard drugs like this. Nowadays, it's 3%. So, you know, it's, it's been a complete failure. Well, it's just the penalties aren't enough. That's what it is, Sam. Well, we have, what, over a million people in jail, 800,000 arrested just for cannabis possession alone. Who's being harmed if I'm holding a, a piece of a, of a plant in my hand? Well, that's irrelevant. If you want to legalize cannabis, then you want to legalize all drugs, and heroin will be rampant in the streets. Well, why would it be rampant in the streets? It's because everyone will be able to do it, and there'll be no repercussions for them whatsoever. Is alcohol rampant in the streets? That's you're comparing As- apples aspirin? to oranges. Aspirin? That's totally different. Coca-Cola? <laughs> all well, right, what else? Well, as far as the story goes, that's that's almost it, and you've taken the angle that I was expecting you to take. Yep. Um, so that's as far as that goes. But like you said, I mean, this money is, is feeding the gangs and the mafia and the family. And, um, you know, you look into the activities that the mafia does, um, gambling, drugs, prostitution, you know, and then you go into the victim ones, the hurting people, the murders, the, you know, the robberies, but they're all intertwined. You take away the money-making ones, the drugs, the gambling, and the prostitution, and the other ones don't exist so much. Exactly. You know, it's it's all comes out of this. And oftentimes the mafia is the one that's getting involved with government. I mean, they're they're sometimes working hand in hand. Uh, they have people on the payrolls. It's the, these uh, politicians, some of the lower level folks are not getting paid a lot of money to come in and uh, do their job. And when you've ramped up the drug war sufficiently and gotten the the amount of money involved to a high enough level, you can just start bribing officials. And, you know, where does it go then? Well, then you have not only the criminals acting against people who are, um, you know, doing something that they don't like, whether it's taking over their turf or ripping them off in a drug deal or or whatever. But then you also have the police using all of the laws that they've been ratcheting up over over time, slowly, bit by bit. They're going to turn all those against you as well so that when you do something, they're they're quick to, you know, come in and crack down and. And, right, uh, they have any they have any excuse to arrest someone because of all the laws. Right, and and a story out of Trenton, um, uh, from New Jersey, uh, actually deals with this very situation. Um, a family, the the Lachese family, I think they're well known in you know the quote unquote mafia circles. Okay. Um, uh, Brian Cohen, a 61 of Buffalo, he's charged with money laundering and gambling promotion. Officials said the gaming operation, which proceeded wagers of 2.2 billion dollars over a 15 month period, routed bets through a wire room in Costa Rica, where Cohen also lives. So there are bets going through the United States, going off to Costa Rica through this guy's business, and um, he's been arrested and he's being charged with money laundering and gambling. And this is pretty scary to me. This is an offsite, an offshore, uh, a betting institution that he's taking bets on. Um, and the uh, site is still up if I can find it, but my story yeah, is pretty long. Most of them do that, and again, because government, you know, that knows better is in there telling us what we can and can't place wagers on and uh, take uh, engage in a game of chance. So there's uh, I think a lot of them do this off offshore and in Costa Rica and other places. Do you know anything about that? Two eighty. Uh, I would imagine so. <laughs> like I said to you earlier, Costa Rica is like the country of sin. You know, it's just commonly accepted. Everything from drugs, hookers, gambling, anything that you'd be arrested well, for wait, up wait. here. wait, The government's in charge down there, aren't they? Or is it just complete anarchy? They just don't really enforce it. I mean, you can be at a bar and, you know, say you want to leave or you have to go or the bar's closing and yep. you're not done with your drink yet. But are there murders going on in the streets? Not any more so than somewhere like New York City or, you know, comparatively. 
not anymore there from what I can tell. And, but like I was saying, you know, you can, if you have a drink and you're not finished with it yet, you can get it to go and hop in your car and drive down the street with your drink and nothing bad happens. I mean, sure, you could be drunk and get in an accident. Just because you have a drink doesn't mean you're wasted and can't drive. I mean, I could wave to a cop with a drink in my hand, you know, vodka and whatever, and just smile and wave at him. He'd wave right back. And the police are so much less threatening there because they're not after people for, for petty drug crimes and things with, hmm. without victims like prostitution or what have you. Well, don't they have uh, military bases around the world and troops to support? I don't believe so. Huh, I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Well, this website was uh, run out of Costa Rica, and it was BigActionSports.com, <laughs> uh, I believe. And uh, it is still up, which is interesting, but he's just been arrested in the past few days. And I am trying hard to find a victim in this case. And the only thing you know the police can point to is that this website was funding a bigger organization. But there's no, you know... There's oh right! Nobody so being done hurt. Layers through here to uh, sort of launder the money. Right, but there's nobody being hurt in this, you know, offshore betting thing, and people are, you know, voluntarily putting their money there. Unlike in the government, where you know people don't voluntarily put their money into that for the most part. They are well, forced they, they and scared. Well, they tell you you have a choice. I mean, it's all voluntary, Nick. It's it's in the Declaration of Independence, right? That that this is all voluntary and and it's by the consent of the governed, right? Right. That's what they say. That's what they tell but you. The, the, but the, the consent of the governed as a whole. Tell that to the judge and see what he says about your uh, voluntary agreement. The lottery is the only safe gambling. It's government run. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Luther has made it back into the studio, so he's going to take over here when we come back. Thank you for coming in, Sam. You're welcome. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Coming to you live on uh, the Sunday edition of the show. Call us to talk about anything you want. It's 603-435-1105. This is Luther here with you. And Andrew. And Rick. And tonight, uh, well, I just showed up. Uh, sorry I was late, guys. That's all right. So Luther has a little bit of catching up to do. We've been here uh, since 7, as you know. But thank right. you for joining us. Oh, well, you're yeah. welcome. And just to let you know, uh, we've asked the callers to uh, give us a nickname for Rick or Nick or what have you here. Rick Nider. In the first segment, we went, we went over why I'm going by Rick rather than Nick because that is taken. Why are you going? Oh, well, Nick, oh, right. people already know who Nick from uh, Free Minds TV is, and that tends to be the Nick that's associated with Free Talk Live as well. So I needed to go with something a little different. Yeah, a little snazzier. I don't know if you call it that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Um, so we're going to go to the phones. We got George from Washington, D.C. on line three. George, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, guys? I was thinking uh, for Rick's nickname would be Rick James. Gotch! <laughs> <laughs> That's also a little awkward to say every time we come back from break. No, it's not. I, I think it's completely appropriate, and you should do that every time we come back from break. But you break. got to say it like George just did. Exactly. Yeah, like Dave Chappelle does it right there. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I was calling because a, f- a few weeks ago I was baked out of my skull, and I was <laughs> what, look, looking at this... Um, Unit of measuring things like metrics and U.S. states, and I was just wondering. Um, so this is the internet-only thing, right? There's, I'm not broadcasting. There's no uh, cursor thing, right? Right. For now, we are internet-only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, basically, I was just wondering, like, what is a bigger unit of measurement, a shitload or a fuck ton? I, w- <laughs> I would say a so, fuck ton. I think really? it de- depends on what you're uh, referring to. I-, I guess it depends on how big you make your hand gestures. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, because 
Also, then the follow-up question to that would be, how many shitloads would make up a fuck ton? I think, I think Google has a calculator for most unit conversions, so you should probably try that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's just like so something that crossed my mind like that. And I, I didn't think there was anything online that you could find out about that. <laughs> I just figured, you know, get, get your guys' opinion on that. I, I don't have much uh, ex- expertise in that area. Uh, you, you're pointing at me like I do? <laughs> well... <laughs> uh, uh, what about a shit? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to declare it right now that eight eight shitloads makes a fuck ton. What about a shit ton or a fuckload? <laughs> That's a whole See, different now, story. Now you got me all blew my mind, man. <laughs> I'm confused. I think we need a uh, book of you know metric and you know U.S. conversions for yeah. this. Well, I think we need a, a bureaucracy to regulate um, to regulate. You know, other word. It's probably an iPhone app for everything I just asked. <laughs> there is an app for everything these days. There is actually one that just came out. Um, you put it on a table and it pushes things off the table. Like it vibrates in a certain way that the actual iPhone will move. And the picture on it is a bulldozer that pushes. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen that, but me. That's you can the, probably find it on YouTube. I have the not. iPad seems like the most useless invention. Well, that was the iPhone. Unless but. you went and bought one with your money, then you would call it the greatest thing ever. No, I, I would never buy an iPad. I don't even know what one uh, is, really. Yeah, there was that, that uh, college humor sketch when they were making fun of it. Didn't see it. All right, uh, anything else, anyway. George? We're going off in the nerd direction. <laughs> uh, what's the nerd direction you guys are going off on? Anyway? Uh, well, next nerd. we're going to discuss uh, Star Wars uh, uh, trivia. Oh, God, I got 75 Star Wars books, man. I'm in on this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so then I, I guess, I guess I you know that uh, I guess you know that Darth Plagueis actually uh, created Anakin. A dark plague. Now, see, basically, I paid attention to everything after oh. Return of the Jedi. I didn't give two, um, two shits or a monkey piss about what happened um, before that because I, the prequels pissed me off so bad. Yeah. You know, George Lucas r- pretty much ruined the whole series like that. So I just like the the sequels, you know, because that's based off the original trilogy, which is actually the good. original trilogy. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, with Han, Luke, and Leia, and all that. You know, right? I mean, right. For, for example, yeah, Han Solo's uh, like the man. Han- yeah, and it's like they had kids, for example, and two of them died by, by, um, by the time the latest books come out. One of them turned into a Sith Lord and shit. <laughs> All right, that's anything serious. else you want to talk about tonight, George? I'm not. That's good, don't they? All <laughs> right, man. Thanks Take for the call. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I wonder if they have the uh, body scanners there yet. I was thinking uh, a good way to deal with the body scanners would be, you know, if I'm about to approach one, I'm just going to take off all my clothes before I get there. Um, then everyone can see, you know, that Ooh. I'm not hiding anything. I don't want to be a, uh, labeled as a terrorist. <laughs> Actually, um, that's funny. I went to a rave uh, last night, and that's why part of late? why I'm late. <laughs> well, I'm late because I lost my phone. Um, but no, some guy just like got naked, and uh, and the co- uh, the bouncers came and uh, you know tossed him out. They, yeah, that was me. Surprise didn't recognize me. Wow, it, it was pretty cold out. <laughs> they usually tase people for doing that, right? <laughs> no, but they were like shoving us out of the way, you know, and like we were cleared a path, but they just wanted to be assholes, I guess. They had major power trips all night, uh, the bouncers there. <laughs> but they were all private security, right? So they were. It's okay. Yeah. No. I wouldn't find it okay. Just because it's a private company doesn't make it okay, but it's a little better than being coerced. Uh, right. Or being forced to pay for it. Right. So do we have a story? Over there? I believe you have a story, Nick. Well, uh, I came across this online, and uh, Luther's going to have to run the audio for it, but it's a news report 
And we still are taking your calls at uh, 603-435-1105 if you need to interrupt this because it is fairly uh, lengthy. But it is a news report on some, you know, new teenage fad. Right, right, right. You know, when I was growing up, it was the, we had the punk rockers and we had the goth kids and uh, the ravers and emo was coming in. Yeah, emo was real big and... Yeah, that was just this was cool, is I just. Guess. What? Why don't we just uh, get into it and then we can oh, uh, yeah. see what it sounds like. We've got ten nights until the next full moon, but already there have been sightings of these creatures around San Antonio. Yeah, those creatures are teen wolves, and as Ken's Five's Joe Cong reports, they haunt our high schools. School's out at John Marshall High, but this could be any school. And with any school come the cliques, too. Cheerleaders, nerds, jocks, and goth. But lately, we've tailed another group on and Tail off campus. Group. Yeah. yeah, and for all you Michael J. Fox fans, this is not a dedication to Teen Wolf from the 80s, yeah, unfortunately. It would, it would be so much better if it was. Yeah, I would jump on board with this bandwagon. <laughs> Literally. We're not a, to be feared. It's not emo, and it's not goth. It's, well, more What do they look like to you? Emo. Meet members they of the look, Wolf Pack. One of yeah, they have like you know the emo haircuts with the swoop, you know, over. But one they have eye. tails and mascara. Yeah. They have yeah. tails. Yeah, and they have uh, they're wearing contacts uh, to make their eyes look uh, more animal. And what I believe to be the males are kind of undiscernible from the females. <laughs> you can't really tell <laughs> what gender true. they might That's be. True. Let's go on with it. Several packs scattered about San Antonio's north side. We're not a gang at all. Like, gangs are posers. They just want attention. That's why they go on tagging stuff. Yeah, gangs don't have real tails. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> these uh, these lycanthropies, they don't want any attention. The, yeah. the gangs pretend to be bad. These people uh, really think they have some wolf in them. Oh, do, what do you they? can't see is they have like a three-foot wolf tail coming out of their behinds. Uh, all yeah, these, like attached uh, to the back of the Teenage werewolves, yeah. And they have the black makeup and, and, you know, the black nails and all the same things that goths have except a strap-on tail. Yeah, it's essentially an emo kid or a goth kid with a tail and with some creepy contacts that make your eyes look like cat eyes or wolf eyes. Yeah. Pack, we're family. Like, we go to see each other for our problems. And yes, they sometimes meet under a full moon. That is, if mom and dad let them out of the house. We're here. Oh, well, I guess we'll come back to that after... This, um, call in. This is Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Still taking your call, 603-435-1105. You're in seat two, Nick. We'll come back with more Teen <laughs> Werewolves after this. Luther this. Here. We're coming back. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. You're listening to the Sunday edition of the show. Call us in. Talk about anything you want. 603-435-1105. This is Luther. And Andrew. And Rick. And we've been, uh, for those of you just tuning in, we've been talking about Teen Wolves. The new Teen Werewolves. Teen Werewolves. Excuse me. Big difference. Yeah, not to be confused with the awesome 80s movie by Michael J. Fox, uh, no, it's just a new click. Um, but first, we're going to go to your calls, and we're going to go to JJ in Keene, New Hampshire. JJ, JJ, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, man? Excellent. Yeah, that, that, that Teen Wolf thing, the whole uh, sort of like the emo, maybe a furry sort of combination going on there. Yeah, that's what it reminded uh, me of is the furries. Yes, the furries. <laughs> but I anyway, I've never um, seen these furries. I'll have to show you after the break. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to see them. Yep. Um, anyway, talking about animals, we're talking about this uh, pork fest thingy briefly, and uh, I was wondering if there's any gambling going to go on there. Uh, 
anyway, tables being set up. Well, uh, I wouldn't know much about that. No, um, I think as far as gambling goes, a lot of people are running their own little thing. Um, I think a lot of okay. people are selling food, and in the same way, a lot of people are going to run their own card tables, poker tables for the most part, I would think. I know one person actually bought a new poker table, and he's going to premiere it at Porkfest, so that should be exciting. And I know the CD Evolution uh, Fund is trying to get a gambling room going, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not, how concrete those plans are. Right, and I'll just be collecting your money and... Uh the, there might be a chance you'll get it back. Well, it would be like a lottery. You give the money to Luther, and he says if you won or lost. Yeah, that's right. Excellent. And Luther, are you going to be uh, playing some music there? Uh, I am, actually. Uh, uh, Miss Hannah Hoffman's going to come up from New York, and uh, her and I, and I believe Varen Swearingen is... Uh, is that how you say his last name? Varen Swearingen? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. What does uh, he play? He plays drums. Oh, okay. So we're going to do that. a little combo, and then, of course... Uh, my my band with uh, Cooper Travis, Auspicious C, is going to be uh, around playing uh, ukulele and djembe. Is that just you and Cooper? Yeah. Okay. It's a band. Sweet. So the band that played with the Luau up in Grafton. Yes. And at Free Keen Fest. Oh, yeah. And every Thursday at Fritz. I don't, I don't appear Excellent. at those events. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Super Smash Brothers. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know what to talk about with that, man. <laughs> we got to play some later tonight. Yeah, we got to get up on Keith. Yep. Anyway, uh, what character do you usually use, JJ? I use. Um, <laughs> I don't know the game well enough, so oh, okay. I just use random characters. Yeah, I use r- r- random myself. I, I like to use Pikachu because it really pisses Keith off. Yeah, anything that pisses Keith off is a good thing. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yep, no problem, JJ. Rick over right, here looks quite confused. I don't know what's going on. I only play PC games. I just finished uh, Tomb Raider Anniversary, so call in about that. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to get back to this uh, teen werewolf thing, I guess. Uh, I guess we're going to hear from one of the teen werewolves right now. Them out of the house. We're here. Yeah. They do the exist. The with werewolves dates back to the 1930s with popular movies starring Lon Chaney Jr. And Helsing! More recently, movies like Van Helsing and the Twilight series have captured the attention of teenagers. They may not- Am I the only person who hasn't seen Twilight? I have, um, possibly. I have not seen Twilight. My ex dragged me to go see it back when it came out. She was all about it, I remember. Yeah, mine attempted to drag me to it, but I think I just refused. <laughs> all right. Not be mutating from man to wolf, but counselors warn these teens are experiencing transformations of their own from childhood to adulthood. Young people are looking to define their identities, sometimes to come together and affiliate around a theme or an idea. And just really to to belong, that sense of belonging. And a... Now, that's a pretty valid point about all this. I mean, even though it's kind of weird and a little silly, uh, you know, they they just want to fit in, I guess. In some senses to me, I mean, I don't want to look down on these people, but it does seem sad sometimes that people, you know, decide they have to change who they are to fit into another group. And, And some of them, I believe, convince themselves that they are something they're not, which, you know, I think everyone should be their own person and find the people that, you know, like you for who you are. Right. right. I mean, it's absolutely cool if you want to go and be your little weird werewolf, but these kids form packs and they follow these leaders. And it uh, this video ends up the, showing one of the leaders. Yeah, the alpha, the alpha, alpha dog or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> Sense of belonging is just what this group says they're after. You get friends. You get a place you belong. Yeah. You pretty much are. You're accepted to where you are, who you are, what you are. 
Day Kitten Wolfram Lupus is the Who? unofficial leader of the pack. <laughs> Day Kitten Ran- Wolfram Lupus. Day Kitten yeah. Wolfram Lupus is the leader of uh, this wolf pack. <laughs> the alpha dog. I'm sure that's his given name, but from his parents, right? All right. Absolutely. Well, we'll continue with this. We got a couple of calls coming in. Free Talk Live. Who's this? This is Kirby. Kirby. Hey, you're a character from Smash Brothers. That is correct, actually. Thank you. Kirby and stuff. <laughs> Curvy and stuff. So, yeah, wow, well, that last caller had a sexy voice. What about that? Yeah. <laughs> you should hook up with him later tonight. I might. Is he single? Uh, You'll have to ask him. I, I don't think it'll matter. You could probably seduce him. That's true. So, anyway, actually, I was calling to talk about Kirby. Kirby is a character in Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah. Is that correct? That is correct. He's in a couple others, isn't he? He's also in Kirby. Yeah, I think so. That's true. That's that would make sense. Kirby. I meant he's in the other Super Smash Brothers games. Oh, oh, yes, he's in all three of them. That's correct. Oh, well, so, so you're anyway, an expert Kirby then, Kirby. Kirby was the character created by the same um, you know, group of people that created Mario. And I just wanted to know if anyone's heard about the new Mario game. Apparently, it's the highest rated video game in the history of the world. Is that it's the new high. side-scrolling one? Um, no, no, it's the three-dimensional one, right? It's similar to like Mario 64, I think. I saw like a preview online for oh, it. Oh, I haven't, I haven't yeah, seen anything Super, about this. Uh, Mario Galaxy 2, it's the highest-rated game of all time, and it just came out. So oh. that's pretty impressive. So okay. do you plan on buying it, Kirby? No, actually, I was hoping someone else would buy it. Actually, if you go <laughs> to um, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, I believe there's a $20 discount if you buy it right now. $20 discount? That's pretty good. I think you should hop on that. That way I don't have to buy it for your system. Hop on it. Yeah, so- someone should buy that. That would be a good idea. Actually, millions of people should buy it and will. All right. Well, get right on that, Kirby. Anything else you want to I talk about? I just wanted to throw in some um, Nintendo nerds because you were talking about um, Apple nerd stuff earlier. <laughs> so we needed we needed the Star Wars. We got to do the full, you know, full range. So, uh, can I ask you something, Kirby? Sure. Do you swallow? Yes, I okay. swallow a lot. <laughs> That's that seems kind to be of my special. Move yeah, it seems to be your go-to brother. move. You also turn into an anvil and drop on people's heads. Too. Yeah, that's why I like to be P- Pikachu, so I can strike you with lightning, though. Well, Sonic is also a good way to counter Kirby. I found. I discovered this last night. The oh, Sonic really? Thing. Yeah, it's a phenomenon. Sonic 2 is good calling about that. <laughs> actually, uh, yeah, we went uh, last night to the rave as Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. It was a video game. Oh, That's wow. actually Who pretty cool. Who went as which characters? I was Knuckles. Uh, oh, you were Knuckles? Yeah. Did you have dreadlocks? What is Knuckles from? Uh, Sonic from 3, Sonic right? 3, yeah. He's Sonic 3. And, and Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah, he premieres in Sonic 3, which actually was going to be released with all the features of Sonic and Knuckles, but production time was cut too short, and they released Sonic and Knuckles as a separate uh, game. An add-on. Yep. Wow, the board's lighting wow. up now. Yep. Nintendo's a big topic, I guess. Thanks a lot, Kirby. <laughs> Thank right, you. It, Please continue to talk about Nintendo for weeks. In fact, <laughs> this should be a reoccurring topic on Free Talk Live. I yeah. agree. Will this be Nintendo Talk Live? That would be a really good one. It could be Kirby Talk Live. <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to talk about, Kirby? That's all for now. Thanks, guys. All right. Let's go to... Who's this? Hello. Oh. Hey, what's up, man? I'm Josh. Hey, Josh. What's going on? So that was about you guys talking about Nintendo, man. Yeah. Well, we're talking about everything. We got to balance it out. Yeah, you like Nintendo? I do. I play a lot of Nintendo, man. Who hasn't really? I mean, nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, younger kids—they got the Xbox. That's true. Yeah, man. I guess I don't know. I still have my Nintendo. No, good for you, man. I don't know, man. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, right, thanks thanks for the call. call. Yep. Free talk live. Who's this? 
Hi, this is Matt from Illinois. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's what's it going? going on? <clears throat> Not much. I went out and saw the, the new movie Prince of Persia tonight. Oh, yeah? With my son. What do you think? Yeah, but that's, that's based on a game. Yes, it is. I, it, was a, it was a decent movie. And um, it actually had a couple of uh, kind of freedom moments in there. One of one of the characters is a freelance, uh, kind of a freelance businessman. He runs an ostrich race. Ostrich race. And he, yes, and he and he spreads propaganda about the place where he is to keep. Uh, I'll the, tell you uh, what, Matt. We'll hold you on until we'll hold you on when we come back. All right. This is Free okay. Talk Live. Call in about anything you want. 603-435-1105. This is the Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Call in and talk about anything you want. 603-435-1105. This is Luther here with you. And Andrew. And Rick. All right. And we're talking about, right now, we're talking about uh, video games and right specifically a movie based on a video game, Prince of Persia, that just came out. Uh, we got Matt on the, the line. Uh, Matt, you here? Yes, I'm here. All right. Uh, now, you were saying something about how this movie had some liberty themes in it uh, regarding uh, an ostrich race. Is that right? Yes, it was a uh, it was a couple of liberty moments. Uh, this gentleman plays an entrepreneur who's who runs a uh, illegal um, uh, ostrich races out in the desert, and he spreads rumors that his um, encampment is full of very very evil nasty people who will do nasty things to you and have skeletons outside to keep the Persian Empire away uh, because he claims he's fighting the most insidious evil ever, taxes. <laughs> and and that, that, that moment, that particular moment just gave me a, a, a made me smile. Uh, yeah, that's, that's always pretty cool. chuckle. Yeah, always pretty cool when you're watching a movie and it's got the uh, ideas like that in it, uh, you know, hidden somewhere in the story. Well, nobody likes taxes, right. but the sad part is a lot of people won't stand up and uh, make that stand. They'll make all the jokes in the world about it, but will never, you know, yeah. um, put their and butts on the line the about same it. Lines. I was thinking along the same lines. Here we've been fighting taxes for thousands and thousands of years, and somehow we still have them. Yeah, people yeah. will complain all yeah. day long, but they won't ever take action and do anything about it, Right. unfortunately. Right, it's amazing. But this, this movie had some uh, pretty good special effects. Uh, it had these things called assassins. And it had a lot of sword play and uh, and some uh, and a lot of intrigue in it. So I would recommend it. You would recommend it. All right. Especially if you like those things. <laughs> All right. I'll have to check it out. Any, anything else you want to talk about tonight? No, sir. That was it. All right. Have a good night. All right. So um, you guys uh, see any good liberty-oriented movies lately? No, I don't see a lot of movies. I just watch YouTube videos. Just the endlessly. Saw videos, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, the Saw movies, um, you know, they're getting worse and worse, but I got to, you know, finish watching. I think the next one's the last one. I got to see how the story ends, and I will be <laughs> utterly disappointed like everyone who was into Lost was. But um, I wasn't disappointed by the ending of Lost, and I'm probably the only human being on Earth who isn't, but I, I thought it was a fine ending. You know, they don't have to explain everything. Uh, those are other stories for, you know, the expanded universe. I think this could go on. They could go on to make books and comic books about it. Mm-hmm. You don't feel cheated that they just made up the script as they went along and just said, I don't you know, care. screw it all. It's, it's at the a end. TV show. Okay. <laughs> I only saw part of the first episode with you yeah. upstairs here. Yeah, you didn't even get to see the smoke monster. Don't know what that is. <laughs> 
Well, we'll have to watch it sometime. Anyway, uh, we were talking earlier about teenage werewolves. Uh, it's kind of a new click, a new fad. Uh, in it's like a spinoff of emo and goth. And, right, right. Yeah. They look like emo kids with tails and leashes. And, I'm I'm trying to find out how to apply. Um, to be one of the leaders. Yeah, you need. To, I got to work my way up the ranks. I, I think guess. you need to talk to. Right. Uh, I think what's the guy's name. I don't know. Kitten uh, Wolfus Lupus. Oh, the leader, the leader here. Uh, Day Kitten Wolf from Lupus. I think it was. Wow, that was good. <laughs> yep, I'm really into this. <laughs> All right, let's go back to that. Dice high. He says he's got some wolf in him, howling sometimes to get out. We spotted the tails at a West Side mall doing what teenagers do. We just hang out here, like. We're just like another family. Like, this is our second home, basically. And you couldn't help but notice the eyes and the fangs. It's a style, we're told, and nothing more. We're not trying to be intimidating. We're not trying to be menacing or anything. We're just trying to live our daily lives and just hang out, you know? As teenagers, we just want to have fun. They just kind of look at you weird sometimes at point, and you can tell they're kind of Is this of a guy or a girl? You. I have um, no idea. I have no idea. It's pretty ambiguous. It's a wolf. Can't well, you tell? Right, it's a, of course. Well, I guess it doesn't matter then. Is it it's a, a he-wolf or a she-wolf? <laughs> It's a werewolf. <laughs> werewolf? Where? But attention they have received. One of the wolf pack, whom many consider the alpha dog, received some international Now, I don't understand how there's the alpha dog and then the unofficial leader. Is that like the queen of England and then the, you know, the prime minister The prime minister? England? Perhaps. One is just for uh I want an answer to this question. And, uh, to take your money and live in a palace? How does the wolf pack leadership, is it alpha dog, unofficial leader... Uh, then below that, you know. Sub-leader. Yeah, someone needs to call in about the hierarchy of these wolf packs. Yeah, if you're out there in California where this is happening. And San Antonio, Texas. Oh, it's Texas? Sorry. If you're out there in Texas where this is going on and uh, you want to give us a little information about your uh, social structure, uh, give us a call at 603-435-1105. A neighbor's dog went missing only to have its skull found in the possession of one 18-year-old wolfy blackheart. It created a firestorm on the internet. I guess this is why Wolfie Blackheart's the leader, because he's so vicious, he uh, yeah. somehow possessed this badass. skull, this, this dog skull from the neighbor. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder... he, he captured us. He's so strong, he captured a stray dog and uh, did some awful things with it. Apparently, you know, had some evidence in his house. Yeah. That is pretty awful. About... I hope he didn't really kill that dog. And did he speed up the uh, decomposing process to get this the bear skull? Actually, that's a good point. How do they... Maybe he just spent so, his afternoons uh, cleaning bones off his skull rather than doing his homework. He probably just bought a skull or found one in the woods. Well, they said it was from the dog. Well, how do they know? Did they DNA, DNA test it? I, I doubt it. I don't know. Dental records? <laughs> First glimpse into the world of these transformed teens. Northside officials confirm wolf packs do exist in at least half they a dozen They confirm that schools. they do exist. Do they, do they, these wolves sniff butts, too? <laughs> do they walk around doing that? Is that how they introduce themselves to each they other? They just, lick their nuts? Yeah. I don't know. Do they beg for food? Do they do tricks? So these people are walking through class with their tails, uh, you know, swinging and their back and forth, and their hitting other people. Yeah. <laughs> How do they sit down in their, in their capturing, chairs? Capturing uh, stray dogs. And why, I guess they can't, can't why don't they much... incorporate the dogs into their pack? Why do they got to kill them and take the Because they're not true wolves. <laughs> true. Where from 12 to 20 werewolves in each. They walk down the hallways and, and meld into the, the fabric of the school and don't seem to be uh, troublesome in, in the school environment. No. Northside counselors say it's extreme expression. Day says it's something deeper than violating the school's dress code. I don't believe anyone is just human. It's just everyone's got something else mixed in with them. How do you guys feel about that statement? 
Well, uh, you're going to see his mother in a moment, so I guess you can make a judgment based on that if you think she has something else mixed in with her or, you know. Well, maybe it was the neighbor's no, they dog. They won't see him. We'll, we'll see him. I feel bad for these kids' parents. I really do. Eh, I don't know. It's not that big a deal to me. I mean, they just act, you know, they want attention, which they said they didn't want attention, but they do want attention. Oh, clearly. <laughs> just they've got to actually look inside themselves and find out what it is. Day's got his own leash he wears, and then there's the kind his mother keeps him tethered to, his family, his chores, his studies. As soon as he walks in the door, he is supposed to take out the things, lose the, the lenses, and put his hair back. Pam Manley says she's proud of her son. They're good kids. And what you can't see here is the mother and, and Wolf is here are standing like eight that's, feet apart from each other. That's Day Kitten. Oh, no, his, his middle name's His last name's Wolf. Is Wolf, whatever it is. <sighs> yeah. She's she's proud of him, just not in her home, I guess. Yeah, just stay away from me. And, <laughs> right, it's a close-up okay of the mother, you. and then the shot cuts out, and she's on one side of the screen, and he's on the other, and there's several feet, probably five feet between them. Uh, so she's standing way on the other side of the yeah, yard. You could fit at least three or four uh, other wolves in, wolves in there. Yeah. And it takes some courage to stand up and be who you want to be and be able to express yourself in this way. If this is the worst that he does in high school... He has Miley I'm Cyrus blessed. eyes. <laughs> Joe Conger, Ken's I don't know what that means. You know, all done up, uh, the eyeliner and the... Anyway. Is Miley Cyrus the only one who does that? Um, I don't know anything except about Miley Cyrus. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Eyewitness News. Well, everybody's got to be part of a group, of course. Northside ISD tells Eyewitness News, the Wolfpacks... Oh, they aren't a discipline problem any more than the football players or other campus groups are. Werewolves is the focus of our Kens5.com. This is important enough for the news. They're going to put werewolves as the uh, poll question for the day. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were you in high school? So that's pretty much it. Uh, give us a call. Let us know what you think about these werewolf teens. 603-435-1105. Uh, so you guys got anything else to talk about? Well, uh, if you don't have anything, there is a story that's making its rounds on the Internet. Now, the credibility of this story is kind of lacking, but uh, it's, just, it's just made its way around because of the humor of it. Uh, U.S. military man Eric Johnson came home from a stint in Iraq and found that his wife was pregnant. Clearly, he assumed she had an affair. Uh, but Jennifer claims that the other man was actually something a little less physical. It seems he actually buys her story, though. He says he, uh, I apologize. I need to, uh... The cat was attacking your microphone there. Yeah, we're having technical difficulties here in the studio. Uh, go on, Nick. I'm going to have to actually bring this up. Um, I think the, the cat's a little disturbed about all the wolf talk. <laughs> what were you, what were you in high school? I, I was Andrew. Yeah. I was... That's about there. it. Yeah. I'm not sure what... I was like, the go-between, actually. I, I hung out with everybody. I was sleepy if I was one of the seven dwarves. <laughs> Right. I will bring this story up. It is pretty humorous. Uh, right. This woman claims that she was made pregnant by something other than a human man while uh, her husband was away in Iraq. Well, maybe right. it was a human man, but, you know, We'll not come exactly. back to that. This is Free Talk Live. Got into the music there for a second. 
Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. Call in, talk about anything you want. 603-435-1105. This is Luther here with you. And Andrew. And Rick. And we're coming back. Uh, Nick, you had, Rick, you had uh, something to talk about, didn't you? We wanted to talk about a woman who claims she got impregnant not by a human male. Right. Well, uh, she may claim it's human, but, you know, they didn't necessarily have contact. Now, this man, uh, her husband went off to war and I came back, and she was pregnant and gave birth to a uh, black child. Uh, and uh, she and her husband are both white. And uh, uh, he's like, you know, what's going on here? I assume I assumed you have an, an affair. And her excuse... I'm sure he was that calm about it, too. Right, ex- exactly like that. <laughs> um, uh, well, you know, it might have been, based on, the, based on going on here, uh, the wife claims that she had, while he was in Iraq, had gone off to New York and watched an adult film in a in a theater that was 3D, and uh, she claims that she got pregnant from this ultra real 3D movie. <laughs> and uh, his response to this to the news is, "I see it as suspicious. The films in 3D are very real, but with today's technology, anything is possible." Uh, that was his response. So uh, <laughs> Jennifer claimed that she went to watch a porn film with her friends in New York. And doesn't usually do something like this. But a month after watching the movie, I started feeling dizzy. And the results were positive, she said. Jennifer admits her marriage could be in trouble. Even though my husband believed me, my marriage could be at risk. But he knows I'm faithful, she said. Wow, how gullible is this guy? I mean, I I guess sometimes something is just so terrible that you just want to believe a lie. Well, you know, Johnny Depp was pretty intimidating and... um, Alice in, Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. He could have impregnated me for all I know. I better go to the test. <laughs> um, it reminds me of a, a scene from a movie called uh, Kentucky Fried Movie. Really, really funny movie by the guys who made Airplane. Uh, a fellow comes in, sits in a movie theater, and the usher's standing right behind him. And uh, like as he's experiencing, he, the movie's about like a fight that this couple's having, and he's the usher will like slap the guy and shake him and stuff. And uh, when they start crying, he'll like pour water in, or smoke in his eyes i think and you know so that he gets the real full effect you know i wonder if she went to see that kind of porno movie well like i said this story made it around the internet and the source isn't necessarily reputable so it could be made up it could be an onion story but it was it was worth bringing up because it's so short and you know it's just a funny story either way it's one of those you know maybe it's an urban legend i mean i i kind of am inclined to believe that it's not true because nobody no Okay, some people would believe it, but no real intelligent human being would actually fall for that. Well, remember, these, this is this guy's in the military. These are the same people who decide who to nuke and who to, uh, you know, kill. And well, they don't decide like that. that. They just, they just, you they know, just ask do for what permission. Told. Actually, yeah, from their yeah. Uh, <laughs> officers above them. But that's it for that. So uh, if there's another story going on, you know, I have another short one here, real quick, and then we'll get to yours, Andrew. Uh, there's something. Uh, I'm a musician, and there's something in the music world. It's kind of the bane of my existence. It's called the uh, uh, American Songwriters... No, the American Society for uh, Composers, Authors, and Publishers. And it's an evil corporation or organization that's been around since the early 1900s. But it sounds cool when you say it ASCAP. Yeah, ASCAP is really what it is. And uh, basically, it's their job to protect royalty rights uh, for musicians. Um, which I guess is, you know, an okay thing. I, I don't really feel too great about uh, owning music, and uh, I'll get into that later. But apparently they're cracking down on coffee houses. There was no cover charge to pay for the musicians, no limit of uh, to how long patrons could sit on a couch with their coffees, playing chess, and enjoying music. No problem. 
Then a few months later, music industry giant ASCAP started calling and sending letters saying East Coast Coffee and Tea was in violation of copyright laws. The fee to continue the music was $400 a year. At the time, the shop was losing money, so we had to break it up into payments, said Lori Hall. But the halls paid, and the music continued. Six months later, other music copyright companies began calling the halls and demanding money. Most days, there would be three or four phone calls from each company, Hall said. Finally, unable to afford the fees, she had to call most of her musicians, those who did not play original music, and tell them they would not be allowed to continue performing. This aggressive but legal posture being taken by the music licensing companies has the potential to unplug live music in many restaurants, bars, and coffee shops in Brevard County. So that's from Florida. And that's actually a big issue. Um, Every band I've ever been in, we've played cover songs. Um, And it's really just bigger companies have always used, uh, like bigger record companies have always used these guys and companies like them to you know, strangle the competition, the uh, the indie groups out there, always. Right. right, and how many bars do you go to where the guy playing guitar, an acoustic guitar in the bar at night, you know, not necessarily like a live show where it's super loud or anything, it's just kind of background music or people enjoying the music. You know, mostly he's playing cover songs. Yeah. I mean, how much original material do the, all these guys have? People you know, like to hear cover songs. Like on Siesta they Key like, you in know, Florida, where I used to live, you know, every bar had someone playing music every night, and... There wasn't that much original music being played, I can tell you that. Yeah, it's it's just, they're just dipping their hands into other people's pockets, really, you know? Now, I'm not a big music person, but Luther, say you wrote a song, you know, you spent a lot of time on it, you wrote it out, you recorded it, you released it on your own CD. Now, someone else at a bar, you know, across the country you hear is playing it. That's good Great. or bad? That's fine by me, personally. I don't think you can own a song. I mean, you ever get a song stuck in your head? Well, yeah. Okay, so, but then someone so walks- do you not own that part of your brain? While that song's playing? I mean, it's owned by the music companies, isn't it? Oh, I'm not making that argument, but I, I'm actually okay. making the argument for you. Someone walks up to that person and says, hey, great song. Where is that from? You know, that's more popularity for you. Uh, I, I like the, the folk uh, musician tr- uh, tradition of music where, you know, you, you play music and, uh, you know, songs belong to everybody. You know, they're just traditional songs that get passed around. It, it's more of a... It, it, it it stops the douchebags from coming into music. And a lot of rock stars are douchebags, you know, and they're just total tools. And it keeps them away. It keeps the people who really love music in the scene. Yeah, rock stars are pretty high up on the uh, douchebaggery scale. Yeah. They're, it, it, they're more than a fuck ton, but less than a shitload. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, recently on online, a, a really big video came out. It's a kid playing um, a Lady Gaga song, actually. And he got a lot of hits, and he's gotten on Ellen, and he's actually gotten a recording contract. Now, imagine if this kid, you know, Lady Gaga was in full support of this kid playing the song. Imagine if she came out and uh, sued this 12-year-old kid uh, for, you know, publishing this online. For You know, we'd have a ruined life rather than a life that, you know, has gone from normal middle schooler to, you know, superstars in the right, past week. Absolutely. And it, it'd be more likely the record uh, company that would do it, or ASCAP, or BMI. Um, there's one from Europe, too. I forget what they're called. Uh uh, it would more or less be the the bigger companies going after them than the individual artists. Okay, well then unless why, you're Metallica. Yeah. Well then, why is it some that some you know get shut down and others don't? I don't know. I don't know how they how they go around selecting it. I've never had uh, ASCAP come up to me and say, "Yeah, Luther, you cannot play that song. It's uh, without paying royalties to Tom Petty." And uh, you know, I've and never the heartbreakers. had Heartbreakers and the Heartbreakers. All now, if you're a victim of this, like you know, if someone come up to you and issued you a fine or a citation for doing this. You know, what's your recourse? What what can you possibly do to defend yourself? Like like Rick, uh, 
you make videos and you put the saw music in the background, correct? Well, uh, <laughs> I think the saw theme goes great with any video. Right. So, but what, I don't release that and and sell it. And even I don't, uh, wedding videos, I don't put the saw music in wedding <laughs> videos. No, you should. That'd be intense. But but the the video production industry is really you know touchy as far as whether you can or can't use songs because you know if you're videotaping a, a wedding reception and the songs are playing, you're sort of getting the atmosphere, but you're also recording it. And technically, it's probably not allowed, but, you know, some people do it and, and some people don't. Right. Yeah. And most people wouldn't care about it. It's just these big companies that might yeah. take issue with it if yeah. you're making any substantial money off it's it. It's obviously impossible to catch everybody you know, who does this. But like, what, what would and you do to does. defend yourself if the composer of the Saw theme went after you for placing those songs in your video? I would beg for forgiveness from him. <laughs> and uh, if he decides to go after me legally, there's nothing I can do. You yeah. can just basically what yeah, if, not pay. Um, what if you were walking down the street, though, humming a song, and some suit came up to you and was like, I represent ASCAP, and you owe me 35 cents for humming that song. You can just make fun of him for saying you represent <laughs> the Kick him in the company. shins and run away. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Andrew, uh, you said you had one. Yeah, I have a story about something I'm not involved with at all. I think I'm the last living human being not on Facebook. But this story is about the government possibly taking control of Facebook. All right. Sounds like scary stuff. We'll get back to that when we come back. Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. This is a Sunday edition. I'm dyslexic today. This is Luther. And I'm Andrew. And Rick. And we, uh, we're we going to get into uh, your Facebook story here in a minute. But first, I want to go to the phones with Hannah from New York. Hannah, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Now, isn't this the same Hannah um, that hosted the show last week? It is. The I... Hannah? Yeah, it's, it's the world-famous Hannah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, also the author the of uh, the... Pork therapy uh, theme song, if I'm not correct. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, what do you want to talk so, about, Hannah? Well, um, I wanted to talk about this uh, copyright thing um, and ASCAP, but I have an idea for some really insane, hardcore musical activism. All right, um, let's hear it. Okay, well, since it's illegal, it's actually illegal to sing the happy birthday song oh, in know. a public. Yeah, and that's so ridiculous. Nobody who wrote that yeah. song is still alive today. Right. I wrote that song. I prefer the. Uh, <laughs> if there's anybody out there who likes the Upright Citizens Brigade, they have a, an alternative birthday song because I didn't want to pay for it. And it's just happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Anyway, uh, so. Yeah, that one's kind of lame, but. Whatever. Oh, that's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you feel that way. Um, <laughs> so, wouldn't it be really cool? to gather a whole group of people in a restaurant and just and announce it beforehand and just sing the happy birthday song in public as a form of activism. No, it'd be terrible. I or, used to work in a restaurant and I hated singing the birthday song. <laughs> or you could find out when the head of ASCAP's birthday is and go sing him happy birthday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Take him out to a restaurant. And... Yeah. 
Yep. Well, I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> it <laughs> thanks sounds for, pretty thanks good. for shooting it down. <laughs> Definitely, I'm not shooting you down. Yeah, no one shot it down. <laughs> I was just joking because, uh, yeah, oh, it was okay. it was it was torture having to sing "Happy Birthday" uh, when you were a waiter, and uh, well, a lot of people they, hated they hearing actually, it. I'm yeah, sorry? but I'm just wondering if they would actually try to arrest anyone. I doubt it. You know, if you if you made it an actual event and announced it beforehand. Well, who's it enforced by? Is it, is it a local police even enforceable thing? It's. I uh, don't know. I, I I guess the FBI would be. Yeah, is it a federal law? I, I think it is. I would assume it's probably complaint-driven, but in this society, I wouldn't be surprised if the old woman across the aisle in the restaurant is calling the police if I hear someone singing Happy Birthday. That's true. <laughs> I certainly Yeah, would. I think it's, I think it's the, the company that owns the rights to the song. Like, Time Warner owns Happy Birthday. Oh, is that who owns it so now? They would have to... So they would have to sue you, I think. Yeah, it would be a yeah. civil matter, not a criminal matter, I suppose. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. All right, anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, that's it. That was my brilliant idea. All, All right. right, we'll see you at Porkfest, Hannah. That's right. Okay, bye. bye. <clears throat> All right, so uh, Facebook. Yeah, FaceSpace. <laughs> um, should government take on Facebook? Uh, the issue is with privacy. There have been growing complaints about Facebook, its privacy settings and disclosure of users' personal information to third parties. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's founder and chief executive, made a new pledge this week to add privacy controls that are simpler to use. But for lots of critics, Facebook's general opt-out approach isn't enough. Fifteen privacy groups have filed a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission seeking an investigation over possible deceptive trade practices. Senator Charles Schumer has urged the FTC to provide guidelines for social networking sites like Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter on how private information should be submitted by online users and can be used and disseminated. Now, you guys are active users of Facebook, am I correct? Uh, I, I check it once in a while. That's what they all say. It's a good way to keep up on what's going on, honestly. Okay, I agree, but that's why I have you, just to inform me of what's going on. I don't even have to have right, a Right, you never know what's going on. I always know what's going on. You going up to Bardo Fest? What? Exactly. <laughs> well, who was late for the show tonight? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who doesn't know what's going on? I know what's going on. Mr. First Chair? I just don't know where the heck my phone is. Anyway. Really, you're very confused. <laughs> anyway, the uh, article goes on, what can government do to ensure that users have control of their own information, which might live on indefinitely on the web would regulation work or should government stay out of this arena well I think regulation would work i think we should get their <laughs> grubby little fingers in there the the issue is if facebook you know you know put themselves forward as someone that was going to protect your privacy and then doesn't you have an issue of fraud and and it should be you know morally enforceable by law or arbitration or something like that true but, you know if you're on the internet, you have to know that anything you post is, you know, going to be there possibly forever. Yeah, it and seems... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to go on in that thought. I mean, any videos, audio, anything you post, even if you pull it off, someone else could have copied it, reposted it. It, it could be out there forever. Right. Right. And uh, I mean, obviously the issue here is privacy. And I'm a fairly private person with the exception of tonight on this show. But um, Jim Harper from the Cato Institute says, if you're worried, stay offline. If consumers have privacy worries, they can simply decline to use social networks like Facebook, and many do. No, I don't think many do. I think one does. Me. No one else. I don't know anybody else that doesn't use Facebook, really. I have people who are like 80 years old ask me if I'm on Facebook. If you're out there and you don't use Facebook, give us a call at 603-435-1105. Yeah, I need my non-face-based brothers to call in, brothers and sisters. But Facebook, <laughs> brothers and sisters. Facebook takes it in the wallet when a user signs off or when a potential user fails to sign on. This gives the incentives... It needs 
Sorry. <clears throat> this gives it the incentives it needs to tune its privacy settings consistent with public demand. Politicians and regulators should keep out of the negotiations between Facebook and the public and focus on getting their own house in order first. I agree. I think they should just focus on getting away from their house altogether, but I agree with Jim Harper here from the Cato Institute as far as this subject goes. Yeah, if you want privacy, just don't use it. Right, exactly. I yeah. mean, do what I'm doing. Uh, it seems that uh, this, every, you know, all governments, but this one in particular is just seizing up as much power as they possibly can with the automotive industry, with uh, the bank bailouts, you know, Wall Street, and now they're going after uh, face space. Absolutely, and a lot of it comes from these real ID things, like uh, them being placed in your vehicles, or like it says here, in fact... It's ironic that Senator Schumer is taking aim at Facebook. He's the chief sponsor of a proposal to create a national ID system that would be required for all workers and eventually, no doubt, for all Americans. It is a huge slippery slope when you let the government in any aspect of the Internet because the Internet is one of the most deregulated places we have. Um, you know, podcasts are all over the place, not regulated by FCC. Anything can go on there, and it's a, it's a great thing. Yep. Uh, but as soon as the government gets in, they're going to want to regulate morality just like they do in our real lives yep, and, and then ascap will come in and uh, start claiming royalties for music casts and, yep and, i mean where where else can you find this much information on just about anybody yeah they, what has more information than facebook on individuals mine doesn't even have my real name well <laughs> most people it does and if the government took control of that that's just so much information for them to use and right how many mix-ups would there be you know Oh yeah. How many other Luthers would they find and accuse yeah, it comes you of down crimes to privacy, you didn't commit? You know, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to be quitting Facebook pretty soon, actually, because of the lack of privacy. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll do it right now. Do it live I'll on the later. air. Quitting <laughs> Facebook. I'll do it later. All at once. Oh, he's backing down from his commitment. Uh, we have a call. Uh, I'm going to take this, Andrew. Yeah, Excuse tap me. out on the call. Free talk live. Who's this? Hey, this is Puke. Hey, Puke. What's going on? Well. Uh, that guy in the red shirt named Rick answered uh, or made the comment that I was going to make that, uh, you, you know, I mean, if you're really concerned about your privacy, then don't put the damn information online in the first place. It's not that hard to figure out. That's right. Um, you shouldn't, uh, you, Puke, you should not expect somebody Puke, else you got to anything you want to talk about? Uh, I'll hold you over, man. This is Free Talk Live, and uh, we'll be right back. 603-435-1105. Thank you, Nick. I was just going to say that. This is Free Talk Live. I'm so glad I was muted for that. <laughs> Call in, talk about anything you want. 603-435-1105. This is Luther with you. And Andrew. And Rick. And this is the Sunday edition. Uh, new thing that we're doing here at Free Talk Live. It's internet only. Uh, uh, every Sunday is going to be different co-hosts uh, hosting. No Ian and Mark. We don't like those guys anyway. Well, Ian's around. He's just, I don't know, prancing around behind us somewhere. Putzing, putzing about the house. I like prancing better. Nick prances very well. Yes, he Excuse does. Excuse me? Rick prances. When? Rick. Uh, Wait. I don't know. It's one of your quotes, though. Uh, we're going to be re- releasing like a coffee table style book, uh, more like a bathroom book, I guess, of uh, Nick Rick's quotes, and uh, they'll be available at the Free Talk Live website. Yeah, we'll put them up on the... Eventually. Uh, yeah, the public But he's got areas. some great quotes. Like what? Um... I'm Nobody can to, think of my great quotes. One time a bug landed on one... your shoulder and you screamed, oh my God, oh, it's like Jurassic okay. Park. Okay, I was running through this building. It was full of <laughs> flies and, and ladybugs, and I was trying to shake them off while running through the building. Um, this was like, you know, my work at night or whatever. 
Um, just had to pick something up for the weekend. And I'm running out to my car. I jump in my car. I'm like, all right, I'm safe. The bugs and the flies are gone. I look over to my right shoulder. There's a ladybug on me. And it's exactly like that scene in Jurassic Park where the guy looks over and the uh, the Dilophosaurus is in the car. So I had to it's jump out of the car. nothing like that. I had to jump out of the car and run more and try shaking this ladybug off me. It was really awful. You know the worst thing a ladybug will do to you is it'll make you smell like a ladybug? All right, I think we're neglecting our collar. Oh, yes, right. We got puke on the line. Well, it's, it's puke. Who cares? Puke, you still there? No, I've uh, I've slit my wrists and I'm slowly bleeding out. Oh, good. We were we were well. With your here. last words, please. Uh, what do you have to call about? <laughs> yeah, you were well, talking this, about Facebook, and uh, I couldn't really hear you because the music was drowning you out. Kind of oh, like I think Facebook sucks, but it's good to keep in touch with people. So anyway, Jesus, it's better than MySpace. Have you guys ever tried to use that abortion of a website? No, it's awful. Good. It's awful. Any website that allows people to design their own like little pages and stuff usually just turns to crap. Oh, and the most of it, no the things to... like float just across the screen and you can't click anything. Yeah, and it yeah, takes forever it to load because they they got to have their yeah. pictures of Tinkerbell and uh, you know. Oh yes, and Hello Justin Kitty Bieber. Like I love my pictures of Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those. Is that why you got right? one tattooed on your lower back? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no one else has. Uh, well, at least I don't think anyone else has called in with a, a, a nickname for uh, Ricky, Rick Nick guy over well, there. Well, TSA George oh. said that he should be um, Rick James. Rick, oh, yeah, right. Rick James, Rick James bitch. bitch. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, um, since he doesn't mind, you you know, Nick, you don't mind using your last name on air, nope. um, you should just use that. You should just go as writer. Is that a good, is that a good name? Yeah. Yeah, writer. I think so. I mean, it's. Since you can't use Nick, it's better than Rick. I mean, well, nobody gives a shit. You about could always Rick. be Manwich, or you could put the well, in Manwich. front of it, the writer. <laughs> For all you uh, old school Free Talk Live listeners, that used to be Mark's handle. Yeah, absolutely. Handle. That was or, before or my time. Since, since you know, people might get mad if you use Manwich because it sort of has a, a special place in I, our heart. I would heart. never. You could go with. Think of trampling on that Joe. name. You could be Vegemite. Yeah, you should. You can be Sloppy Joe. <laughs> I like Ryder. Ryder's pretty good. Well, we'll do that. We have one oh, more about, segment to go, so I can try it what once. What about Scott Taylor? You could use Scott Taylor. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Guy. Can you fill us in on oh, who that is? I know you know who that is. People know who that I is. I forget who All that right, is. I know the name, but who is it? A you? Google uh, lookup uh, might find you a Wikipedia article about him. <laughs> Dickhole guy. Dugu. I'll let you guys get back to it. All right, have a good one, Puke. <clears throat> All right. Good call from our, our friend Puke, uh, activist here in uh, New Hampshire. Um, yeah, kind of a, give us a call. We're like a not activist. But uh, anyway, give us a call, 603-435-1105. Uh, let us know what you think about MySpace or Ryder's new nickname, Sloppy Joe. Ryder. <laughs> Sloppy Joe. <laughs> so we were talking about, uh, do we have another story to go My on? book. Um, I, I've got one. All right, go ahead. Okay. With my permission. Once upon a time. Can, can I host this show, Nick? Is that okay with you? Right. The court rules in your favor that you may continue. <laughs> I'm going to smack you. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> census workers can enter your apartment in your absence. Thousands of census workers, including many temporary employees, are fanning out across America to gather information on the citizenry. This is a process that takes place not only every decade in order to complete the constitutionally, constitutionally mandated census, but also, <clears throat> also as part of the continuing American Community Survey conducted by the Census Bureau on a regular basis, year in and year out. What many Americans don't realize is that census workers, from the head of the Bureau of, of <laughs> from the head of the Bureau and the Secretary of Commerce, uh, down to the low, 
lowliest and uh, newest census employee, like Keith, um, are empowered under federal law to actually demand access to any apartment or any other type of home or room that is rented out in order to count persons in the abode and for the collection of statistics. If the landlord of such an apartment or other lease premises refuse to grant the government worker access to the living quarters, whether you are present or not, the landlord can be fined $500. That's right. Not only can citizens be fined if they fail to answer <coughs> the increasingly intrusive questions asked by the, uh, by them, ask of them by the federal government. Excuse what me. if I don't have my keys on me and they demand entry? Do I still get the fine if I can't physically open the door? I think they pull out the battering ram. The census worker does. Oh sure, <laughs> they all get. Uh, they one, all have one. They have one issue issued. with their folders. Yeah, all, all these nighttime, you know, grocery workers that temporarily <clears throat> work for the census, bunch of little eighteen-year-old girls, battering rams. Yep. So basically, they can just walk into your house and, uh, you know, snoop about if they want, find out if how many people, you know, or deduce how many people you have living there. How do you guys feel about that? How? Do, well, that doesn't make any sense, though. How are they going to, you know, decide how many people live there by going into the house? Count the beds. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, there can be two or ten people per bed. Yeah, funny story about that. But anyway, <laughs> several Haitians could fit on the floor of my room. So right. <laughs> in Seinfeld, didn't Kramer keep the Japanese guys like in the drawers in his bureau? They are tiny. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the phones. Free Talk Live. Who's this? All right. Let's go to the phones. Free Talk Live. Turn down your radio, everybody. You there? All right, we got an infinite loop going on, so just let's let it play for a while. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to put him back on hold. Maybe he'll come back. Or should I just drop him? No, I, I'd him say we leave him on. You know, it takes people a second to yeah. realize what's going on. Let's try him again. Free Talk Live, you there? Let's try him again. Free Talk Live, you there? I sound so good. <laughs> All right. He's not there. Yeah, fair enough. Or he or she. Um, Them. <laughs> it. <clears throat> So I guess uh, we're kind of winding down. Yeah, definitely. Last uh, <laughs> 20 minutes of the show. We yeah. do have one more segment left, so we do need callers calling in 603-435-1105. Yes, but if you call in, turn your radio down and answer. So, Lowrider, how do you feel about your first uh, episode <laughs> of Free Talk Live? This has been, um, I would say, the culmination of all my life's work has led me to this point, And after tonight, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Um, my life so is pretty much complete. Like Ian, Ian has lost. completed you then. Ian, and thanks to Luther for having me here. You're welcome. I, I'm glad that it was you guys for uh, this first time around, because uh, the three of us are really good friends, and uh, we got good banter. Yeah, and uh, I was quite nervous, but having you guys and Sam around made it a lot easier. Yep. And, and uh, you guys make me look better, so. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Cock. <laughs> oh, you got a little uh, something in your throat? What? Not- I heard nothing. Oh, are you getting sick? So keep it away from me, man. What do you guys think of this uh, oil oil leak? Uh, I think it's messy. I think the whole uh, ocean is going to be oil pretty soon. The whole ocean, probably <laughs> just the Atlantic, or is it going to spread to other oceans? It'll probably be the it's whole ocean. It's kind of hard it's, to it's, tell where one ocean ends and another begins. We right. can all pull a Jesus, probably, and just walk. Um, you know, if we wanted to go to Hawaii, just walk <laughs> over there. Well, we could slide actually on the oil. If you get a good running start, probably. Yeah. I wonder if you could like roll a bowling ball across. It. I'm just glad that the the price of gas tell. didn't go up substantially. Like um, when Katrina hit, the price you, of gas. Well, do you think it's like going to? Like they're going to use. I think this? it would have immediately when it happened. But aren't they? I'm not an expert on this, but aren't they like blocking offshore drilling now uh, because of this? And you know that's going to be an excuse to bring oil prices up again. Didn't this happen right prices? after Obama brought up that he wanted to do do some offshore drilling? I, I don't. 
I don't know about that. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. All right. Well, we'll be right back. Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. We're still taking your calls in the remaining minutes of the show. I like 1105 better. I'm in the first chair, goddammit. (laughs) I'll tell people what the phone number is, however I want. This is Free Talk Live, coming back to you for the last segment of the show, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. Call in, that gets you to talk about anything you want. This is Luther with you. And Andrew. And Ryder. <laughs> Sloppy Joe. All right, and we got a call on the line. This is BJ. BJ, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on, man? Uh, God, I just want to say, you know, Rand Paul sucks. How the hell could you be a Liberty supporter and and like this guy? Uh, I guess you got to ask Mark about that one. <laughs> Can you back up your argument? Yeah. Um. What What is it about him that you don't like specifically? I mean, he supports war, you know, and he supports uh, putting people who want to get an abortion in cages. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, how can he claim to be too, a libertarian? That's enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I admit I, I don't know much about him because I, I loathe politics and I just don't pay any attention to him. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't need a leader. No, yeah. I don't think I've read a bit about it and I'm just not on board with them. Yeah. You know, I'm not completely against politics, but I'm not a very big fan of it. And, uh, this guy just turns me off altogether. Right. Yeah. There's very few people I would, I would actually vote for, go out and spend my time to go and vote for, uh. Uh, Ryder, I guess it is now. Uh, yeah, you, you I, almost, and, I almost voted for you, Low Ryder, but oh, I got turned away you. by the thugs there. Remember that? Thank you for almost voting for me. Yeah, I almost voted for you, too. All right, anything else on your mind tonight, BJ? Uh, can't wait for Porkfest three weeks away. So. <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah, Cooking, unfortunately. Uh, very uh, calorific foods with Mandrick. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. His, Not uh, buy our booze. His, he makes the baklava, right? Yeah. All right, yeah, I'm going to be baking a couple things, uh, something I call special bread, but it's really just muffin bread. There's nothing special about it, you know, wink, uh, wink. Sure. <laughs> what about muffin tops? You going to do those too? Yeah, I'm going to do muffin tops again this year. Top of the muffin to you. <laughs> it's the best part of the muffin. Can I have the uh, free stumps? No, you have to throw them away. No, I, 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 I got to give them to uh, the homeless. <laughs> Who ate the rest of this muffin? <laughs> the homeless don't want stumps. They deserve better than that. <laughs> All right, BJ, we'll see you at Porkfest, man. All right, bye. Yeah, unfortunately... I think I can only attend Porkfest for Saturday night and Sunday. Maybe if I can pull a few strings at work, I can get there Friday. But Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Thursday night after I get off work and then be there all weekend. When are you getting there, Nick? I'm um, just, you know, I have the days off work. I'm going to be there Wednesday and uh, all the way through the end of Sunday. So, Well, I'm very jealous of you. It hey. is my first time there, so I have no idea what to expect, really. Yeah, we missed um, you last day. Nudity, mud, you know. <clears throat> as long as there's gambling, I'm good. Uh, call in. Tell us when you're coming to Porkfest. 603-435-1105. Uh, just a few minutes remaining here on uh, the second ever Sunday edition of the show. Uh, you know, talk about anything you want, even. Uh, you don't have to say uh, when you're coming to Porkfest. Mm-hmm. Ryder, I highly suggest that uh, you give a few different substances a try at Porkfest for the first time. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure you do. Uh, no. I like water. That's a good uh, substance. I think he wants you to uh, Uh, do a line of dirt. 
Hot dogs are a good substance. <laughs> dirt? Yeah. Is that good? Like cocaine, but just do dirt. All right. Anyway, do you have another story? Nope. All right. Um, well, this one was uh, teased on Free Talk Live earlier in the week, and uh, it's it's uh, about, you know, synthetic life, which is something that I guess has been, you know, researchers have been looking to do it, you know, make life from non-life. Uh, in a feat that is a culmination of two and a half years of tests and adjustments, researchers at the J. Craig Venter Institute inserted artificial genetic material, chemically printed, synthesized, and assembled into cells that, that were then able to grow naturally. Uh, we all had a good feeling it was going to work this time, says the scientists. Uh, but we were cautiously optimistic because we had so many letdowns following the previous experiments. Now, I'm no scientist, but uh, for a long time I heard that, you know, life cannot be created from non-life. Um, but scientists have... Well, it had to come from somewhere. But doesn't this go against anyone who's religious or believes well, in the mainstream religions like yourself? I was going to get to that, and not necessarily. I mean, these scientists are, you know, intelligent designers, if you would, and they're taking pieces of... Of, of cells that already exist and basically putting them together into a full cell. So they are God. They're not starting from scratch and somehow getting life. They're starting with the pieces of the, of the you know, the computer, if you will. I thought it was Putting them clay. together and then it will run. Clay? Yeah, didn't God use clay to make uh, man? Um, I yeah, kind of like Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> are Gumby. we going to get into the, the stories of Genesis? Gumby? If you want. If you want to go there can. with us. Well, if a caller calls in about it, we can go there. But uh, uh, we can continue the story. 603-435-1105. When we look at life forms, we see fixed entities, says one of the scientists. In, um, but it, this shows the fact of how dynamic they are. They change from second to second, and that life is basically the result of an information process. Our genetic code is our software. And coaxing this software to power a cell proved harder than expected. Um, uh, in early th- 2008, they announced that they'd assembled a synthetic uh, genome, but the assumption that it would be running cells in no time. But this particular cell type, despite its mineral size, was not an ideal research partner. One problem was speed. Uh, we had to deal with the fact that, you know, this particular genome was extremely, had an s- extremely slow growth rate, and for every experiment that was done, it took more than a month to get results. Moreover, transplanting the code into uh, the recipient cell was failing. So we have a whole lot of scientific um, information here about this that, you know, like I said, I'm not a scientist and I can't follow it. And God is a software engineer, apparently. God is a very intelligent designer, I believe. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, this is interesting because, um, you know, it's just another step forward in the scientific process, which I'm totally for. Uh, but to say, to take this and to say that um, life came about randomly is probably, um, you know, a leap in, in assumptions and a leap in logic. Because this was, you know, carefully laid out and it took years to do it. Um, even with most of the pieces already in place. Mm-hmm. So thoughts from you guys on, on this? Oh, well, it's pretty impressive. Uh, it's exciting to me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, real quick, kind of off topic, sorry, but um, Luther, who vowed to quit Facebook immediately, right now is on Facebook. Hey, man, I got comments to look at. <laughs> I got wall posts to check. Can you say addiction? I'm not addicted. I can quit whenever I want, man. <laughs> Prove it. Just give me my stuff. All right, so continue there, the writer. Well, there's there's not much uh, else to uh, to read here. It says it's an impressive trick, no doubt, but replicating a natural genome uh, with a little panache is that the word? Panache. I don't know. Panache. panache. I don't know words. Uh, is also the limit of our pr- <laughs> present design panache? capability. All right. Uh, researchers, for instance, figure yeast can handle the assembly of uh, 
2 million base pairs, but they're not sure about more. So they're really limited as to what they can do, obviously, and that's how all tech goes. You know, more interesting than this, I would more be more interested in how they're um, using this to replicate, you know, maybe help people grow arms or grow hearts or whatever, or maybe even turn them um, right. robots. Isn't, oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, well, isn't that what stem cell research was? It was taking your cells and using them to grow uh, organs for you, like if you needed a heart transplant and... Wish was like, nope, can't do that. Plain Something. God. I wish we had someone who, uh, you know, was smarter about this than us that mm. was calling in. Yeah, 603-435-1105. Just, you know, a couple minutes left. Give us a call and let us know about uh, stem cell research. So, uh, nothing else to talk about. We have a couple more minutes to go. Um, you know, I brought up this article that's 10 tricks to play with your mind. And we're not going to get all through all 10. But uh, it's just... Read them really fast. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to get through all 10, but I'll pick out some of the more interesting ones. Use ludicrous speed. Uh, one of these is called shrink your pain. Uh, in case you experience an injury, uh, then see the injured... Um, you look at the injured part of your body with inverted binoculars, according to this, and soon your pain will become decreasing in magnitude. So you, according to this, you are tricking your brain into thinking that if you hurt your finger and you look at your finger through the wrong end of binoculars, your finger looks smaller, and therefore your brain you know, in its in within whatever controls pain, lessens the pain. Your injury looks smaller than it really is. We Re- should test that out on you. Research at Oxford University has led to the discovery of a new painkiller, the inverted binoculars. The scientists demonstrated that the subjects who looked at their wounded hands through the wrong end of binoculars, making the hand appear smaller, experienced significantly less pain and decreased swelling, That's, according to the researchers. That seems like it's just psychosomatic, though. L- decreased swelling? Really? That's what it says here. I don't know. Like, I don't understand how... Can your mind really do that to your pain? According to the researchers... Well, the mind controls everything, right? According to the researchers, this demonstrates that even the most basic bodily sensations such as pains are modulated by what we see. So next time, if you stub your toe or cut your finger, look away or look into the wrong end of binoculars, I guess. (laughs) If you happen to have them uh, handy. I wonder how many problems can be solved by looking through binoculars the opposite way. I, I, wonder, I know driving is very difficult. Well, if you look I, at, I wonder uh, who funded that research. Like, who would think, oh, this is a worthy cause? <laughs> I would recommend next time you're in a fight with your uh, significant other, just take out the binoculars, look at them to the other uh, <laughs> end, and things will be all right pretty soon. <laughs> uh, what are some more of those? Well, let's see. Uh, there's one that's called Confuse Your Hearing. This can be... Uh, Perform with three people, one being a test subject and two... Well, we're not going to get to it, but uh, you can find this at... Uh, I'm sure you could Google 10 Amazing Tricks to Play with Your Brain, yep. and you'll all probably right. find this article. That's all we have fi- time for this week. Uh, this has been Luther with you. Thank you for having me on, Luther. And I am eternally grateful. All right, and we'll see you in another month, everybody. Good night.